Okay, so we all know how ExpressVPN protects your privacy and security online. But here's something you might not know. You can also use ExpressVPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. This whole week I've been using ExpressVPN to binge The Office on UK Netflix. It's so simple to do, I just fire up the ExpressVPN app, change my location to UK, refresh Netflix, and that's it. ExpressVPN lets you control where you want sites to think you're located. You can choose from over 100 countries, so just think about all the Netflix libraries you can go through. There are hundreds of VPNs out there, but the reason I use ExpressVPN to watch shows is because it's ridiculously fast. There's never any buffering or lag, and you can stream in HD no problem. So if you want to get access to hundreds of new shows, use my link right now, expressvpn.com lorehammer, and you can get an extra three months off ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com lorehammer. expressvpn.com lorehammer to learn more. You are listening to Lorehammer, Episode 8, Humanity, Age of the Imperium. Hello and welcome back to Lorehammer. My name is Eric. And I'm Mark, and I've been addicted to plastic since the uh, 2000s. Hi, Mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I didn't know this was one of those kind of meetings. Isn't it? Yeah. Am I in I, the- thought, I thought we were doing an intervention. Intervention? Intervention? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet. Uh, this is Jordan. What's up, folks? And today joining us, we have uh, one of our other friends. His name is Rio. Say hello. Hello. Um, Rio's just another guy that Mark somehow sank his claws into <laughs> and brought into Warhammer. Ah, yes, it's, it's definitely true. Yeah, uh, Rio, we just had a couple wow. questions. <laughs> really, like this entire thing is your fault. Wow, like how much do do my parents pay you all to be my friends? Uh, an exorbitant amount. Of like money. it has to be. Like that. Yeah, yeah. That can be the only reason why so many people hang out do you. Warhammer for me. Yeah, I don't hang out with you because I like you. <laughs> I hang out because your parents pay me the big bucks. <laughs> and it's been that way for 10 plus years. So. Yeah. Uh, so, Rio, got a couple questions <clears throat> that I'm going to get you to answer. Okay. Uh, what is your earliest memory of 40K? Um, <clears throat> so, I was homeschooled for two years in elementary. And one of my friends... That's unfortunate. Yes, it was <laughs> very unfortunate. But, one but of what's my... more unfortunate, that he was homeschooled or then he went to Eastside? I don't have an answer for that one. Mm. It's a (laughs) toss-up. Yeah, either way, so I was at one of my friends' house, and we were supposed to be doing schoolwork, but he had a box of Dark Eldar, and we ended up just playing with them like they were action figures. They weren't even painted, I don't think, but we would just kind of, like, move them around with our hands and kind of, like, you know, shoot their guns. Who was that? Was it Daniel? No. Oh. No, you do know him. I'll tell you after. Oh, okay. Um... Yeah, so like little GI Joes, really. Yeah, pretty with much. Them. Oh, and also that same day, so he had a copy of the 40k rulebook, the big thick one. Oh, like the fifth edition, huge one. Yeah, no, yeah. Been, yeah. And, yeah, or fourth even, probably like that. Yeah. yeah. 
for some reason during that day we came to the conclusion that it was like the equivalent of a satanic bible <laughs> so he actually literally put it into his barbecue pit and we literally burned it oh my goodness i mean if it was the fourth edition it did have like a skull with like a, an iron halo around it that, that was the one yeah <laughs> now i'm really curious who that was yeah <laughs> That's Satanic awesome. Bible. <laughs> you perform purifying rites over top of it? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, all right. What what grabs your attention the most about 40K? What entices you towards it? What gives you the jimmies? Yeah, for me, it's it's definitely the lore. I, I like how expansive it is and how elaborate it is. And it's also really fleshed out, too. But the, the, I think the thing that um, separates it from other sci-fi lore is um, there's such great, like... There's no equivalent in other forms of sci-fi or other, I mean, sorry, other sci-fi lore that I've seen, like to the equivalent of the emperor of that, some, some being with that, like immense power. I've never seen that in. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you go to like Star Wars and you're like, uh, is it, what's, is it the emperor? Palpatine. Palpatine? Oh, it is emperor Palpatine. Like he's powerful, but like not like the emperor powerful. Or there's not like chaos gods. Yeah. There are like other people in other lore, but none of them which interact so deeply with regular people. Right. Right. Most of them kind of like they stand off and they, everyone has like the non-interference pact or whatever mode. Yeah. Yeah. But this guy was hands on. Oh, definitely. I, I like that. It's just so much greater than humanity. Like. Humanity is just this tiny, tiny little speck in the 40k universe. I mean, not tiny speck, but yeah, it yeah. The, like if you look at any race, each race has just as much of a fleshed out backstory. Yeah, than, yeah definitely. Than humanity, as humanity, I mean. But, sure. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like it's all developed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what is uh, so Rio is a guy who has actually played a lot of tabletop with Mark and I. Not a lot. Oh, not sorry. Lot. No, I'm thinking of something else. Okay. Never mind. Tabletop as in actual tabletop 40k. Okay. What is what is your best memorable moment of playing tabletop with us? Because you're right. You haven't played too much. Yeah. And I was trying to think about this and kind of the conclusion I came to was I'm pretty sure I've lost every game that I've played with you guys. So I, I <laughs> well, think, if it's against Mark, it's definitely yeah, a loss. Yeah, and I think yeah. I've mostly played against Mark for some reason. Yeah, Because <laughs> who, who else would invite you to their house at, you know, 10 o'clock at night to play Warhammer? <laughs> exactly. Not me. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe I've blocked most of it out of my memory, but... <laughs> I remember the one game you were playing against Steven, and I think it was Grey Knights versus Tau. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, yeah, like, it was such a close battle the entire way. And then, like it, li- the game literally came down to like the last dice roll on yeah, who would win. It, I forget did, who won, yeah. but I'm pretty sure I lost. I think you did. Yeah, because you kept on rolling off the table and yeah. stuff. Oh you no! Know, if you can't hit the table, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't count. You, oh. you get rid of that dice counts as a miss. But uh, yeah, that was a good game because everyone was just so into it. It came down to the last like couple dice rolls, and it was, yeah, it was a good game. Yeah. No, it is fun. I just don't think I'm very good at it. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. And not to blindside you. Uh, today, but uh, I do have a question that is not included on the ones that we gave him. Uh, we're about to start a 40k RPG, and I need your answer right now mm-hmm. of whether or not you want to participate in that. And it better be yes, or else that door is getting locked <laughs> and we're gassing this room. Um, yes, the answer is oh, yes. Oh, perfect. There we perfect. go. Perfect. That, that was Happy all I ending. needed. Yeah, okay. Thanks, guys. The question was do I want to? Yes. Oh, no, no. 
Are you going to? <laughs> oh, I can't. I can't answer that. <laughs> Jordan, lock the door. <laughs> it's locked. Um, it's okay. We'll win you over by the time this episode is done. I'm confident Sounds in good. that. Uh, I was just thinking. Uh, Rio referred to um, Warhammer as a sci-fi. Yeah, that is an entire topic for debate in and of itself oh gosh is this a fantasy or is it a sci-fi it's it's a sci-fi up until like you talk about the warp and the chaos exactly gods. yeah then it's <laughs> but, like a fantasy but why though it's not magical it's it is way, because it's unexplainable uh, you yeah. can't quantify it no it's just energy like it it's an alternate uh parallel universe or parallel dimension like right like that can be quantified and like well to me it can you explain yeah exactly how the warp works using scientific terms yeah that's what the emperor was doing and stuff and like that's well, yeah but he did it but we can't so it's i'm it's, not smart i can't explain anything right you can yeah. ask me how my shoes get tied and i say well i bought them tied and they stay <laughs> they tied, stay tied forever. Know, like my wife does it for me i don't know <laughs> no it, it's hmm. i get your point like it's it's a lot more scientific than, say, like Star Wars is, but nowhere no, near as much as like Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. midi chlorians. That may, that the the whole term midi chlorians turns Star Wars into a sci-fi. Maybe because you can measure it, you can quantify it, you can say, ah, we can measure the amount of midi chlorians in someone's blood, and now we know how force sensitive they are. You can well, measure how many demons are invading your planet, <laughs> planet, and now they're... like I don't know if any of you guys have ever gotten into Star Trek at all, but like, he has. Yeah, like Star Trek is it, it, it's probably the most sci-fi of any sci-fi like fiction, but except when you get to like the cues. Who are just like yeah. these, these godlike characters who can do anything appear and they're omnipotent, they're omniscient, like uh but they're benevolent in a way, right? Gotcha. Like so they they harbor no ill will. Yeah, exactly, right? Like and everything sort of all the decision well, that's maybe not totally true. But anyways, <laughs> the, the the uh yeah, like the cues are kind of like unexplainable. Like you can't Right. It's almost like a fantasy. Like, you can attempt yeah. to understand them, but you never have a true grasp. And that's what I feel the warp is. Like, yeah. Like, you yeah. can try. Because if you really claim it, well, you're just a heretic and we're going to kill you and burn you. <laughs> you're so. dabbling too much in warp magic. Exactly. But, but the question is, does, does, like, the 40K universe, do they claim that there's, like, a scientific explanation to the warp? The yeah. emperor, that, Most that's his whole... Would, like, well, depends on what time frame or what true. race you are. Like, if you're humanity an Eldar, humanity, depending on the time frame. Like, if you're talking like Great Crusade humanity, yes. they would know. Actually, no, because it was a secret then, kind of. Oh, that's to, right. Like, it was very limited. Yeah, like they. But when there was like the Age of Strife and they had the entire Psyker outbreak, you like they were starting to become more accepted. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it depends on what time frame and like. I, I guess it's it's like hard to compare like. 40k to say something like the martian you know which is like that's a sci-fi yeah that's like a science fiction but that's like very within the realm of possibility yeah but this is like very outside the realm of possibility i think that is the appeal to it though is that it is a sci-fi but it also it goes so far you know into fantasy territory yeah Yeah. it really does which is like i'm a fantasy guy Like, I'm not really one for big machines, guns, and space travel, but when you're talking about 
warp, I'm for it. I'm just a fan of genocide. That's why I like 40k. <laughs> <clears throat> there's lots of it. Yeah, you fit right at home. Yeah, yeah. like you are, I would like fantasy battles, but there's just you are not like as blonde much. hair, blue eyed, also. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Danger! I think it's that Aryan in you. Oh uh, um, <laughs> Get it? <laughs> um, yeah. Well, let's. Um, I guess this episode, uh, the title of it is "Humanity: Age of Imperium." Yeah. Uh, we just finished our train wreck of an episode, Horus Heresy, which shall never be brought up or spoken of again <laughs> until we have the time. To go into specific moments. Until we have 50 episodes of yeah, time that dedicated. we can put into it. Right. Yeah. Perfect. Um, so, but it was kind of cool. We received an email um, from someone who had been listening, and we just wanted to share it with you guys. Yeah, uh, he had a neat take on the missing Primarchs. Yeah, his uh, name is Clayton, and he's from Arkansas. And uh, So, <laughs> I was trying to... I'm not good at reading. Arkansas? Definitely Arkansas. (laughs) Yeah, and I was trying to read that word. I'm like, I've never heard of this place. Like, I thought I was mildly intelligent, but (laughs) now I I know that I'm justified in my confusion. Well, no, I just like that Arkansas. Sorry, now I'm saying it wrong. I just like that Arkansas and Kansas, like, they're so similar in words. Spelt the same. Right, and yet they're pronounced completely differently so thank you english language for been, setting me up for failure i've been to arkansas was it fun yeah i've been to the ozarks in arkansas but yeah anyways just a, just in the side were you laundering money uh nope <laughs> were you working for the, the cartel yeah the cartel or no. the, the poppy heroin farmers no i was just doing a little bit of hiking Ah, just a filthy hippie. Yeah. <laughs> Out in the forest. Yeah. Pretty sure you were doing heroin. That's, <laughs> I can't think of any other reason you'd go to the Ozarks. Whatever you say, Eric. <laughs> uh, so I'm just going to read his email. It's not too long, but... No. He says, My personal favorite theory is that the forgotten Primarch died as an infant, and the purged Primarch suffered some sort of Xenos corruption. Possibly sympathy towards the Xenos, but more likely captured and turned into a weapon much like Angron. My issue with the blank-slash-pariah idea is that those genes were ostensibly seeded by the Necrons, and given that the Emperor created the Primarchs from scratch, he would have had to deliberately include the gene, which I find unlikely. If the Emperor used his own genetic material to make the Primarchs, then it is possible that the missing Primarch had the blank-slash-pariah gene, but that would mean the Emperor had to have the gene, and I have a hard time believing that to be the case, given that he is such a powerful psyker. Side note... It is possible that the purged Primarch had a genetic defect so egregious that the Primarch and his entire legion were wiped out by the Space Wolves, and the Ultramarines were only bolstered by the Marines instead of one ex- by one- <laughs> hmm. Huh. Words. Yeah. His entire legion was wiped out by the Space Wolves, and the Ultramarines were only bolstered by the Marines of one extra legion instead of two. So the Space Wolves take care of one legion, the yeah. Ultramarines absorb the other. Yeah. So- um, yeah, there's a couple things I like in there, a couple things I don't like. Well, that's because you're a party pooper and you don't like anything. Well, no, the the real the only thing that I don't like is uh, one died as an infant, which can't be true because the Emperor... Like, we have a, a list of the order that each Primarch was discovered. Yeah. So, yeah, it, that one doesn't really work. But the one I really do like is that... So, what are the chances that every Primarch landed on a human world? What if a Primarch landed on a Xenos world, right? Like, 
and he just like you, right you he know was how, raised like, by the yeah Zenos. and you know how like every primarch like really like goes all in with like the culture yeah. so he goes all in on the Zenos culture that's like super accepting and, yeah like, just or, or they might not even be like super like, racist but t- only you know for their own yeah yeah so yeah who knows how that worked but i i kind of do like that idea where one is like a xeno sympathizer and then when he joins the great crusade he's like i'm not doing it like i'm not wiping off the galaxy like yeah yeah especially because um like the flaw is with the primarchs and not the legions themselves yeah, yeah. so i like that idea it's yep. an interesting one. It's one I didn't really think of. I was more thinking like warp corruption, but like Xenos taint works just as well. Yeah. So it's a really well worded email, though. Yeah. <clears throat> he see, we we did a couple emails back and forth, and he seemed like a pretty bright guy. Thank you, Clayton. But the best was uh, well, he liked our Lorehammer page, and his uh, his profile pic was just like, yes, that's the ideal person I want listening to it. Yeah. <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> I don't know if you guys seen it, but it was good. Uh, he's basically wearing like a cult robe and like a weird like witch doctor mask thing. I think of like, plague doctor. Plague one. doctor, yeah, yeah, yeah. When I see that, and it was just like, yeah, he's holding a sword. It's like, yeah, that's the type of guy I want listening to this well, podcast. We would have us holding swords if you didn't lose yours. Didn't lose was stole. They took it. <laughs> they took it from us. Yeah, we would be holding. I just want to say we'd be holding ours. Yeah, at the very least, we'd be in armor. Mm-hmm. I, now I kind of wish we did that, but you know, there's always room for more pictures. No, I only had one in me. You only had one? Yeah, that's unfortunate. We got, anyways. <clears throat> so let's. Uh... <laughs> Rio just pulled up his picture, and it, it's just like, yeah, that's amazing. That's the best profile picture I've seen. <laughs> Love it. I think it's pretty great. Yeah, it was good. I I wonder if like okay, um, this now that we're on this Facebook profile picture, do you think if like there was a planet that was scorched would everyone be putting uh, the f- the filter of that planet's flag on their profile picture <laughs> uh not in 40k <laughs> <No>. <laughs> in, in solidarity for <laughs> the lives lost <laughs> uh like the number of planets that are just destroyed mm, you'd be changing that photo pretty frequently not okay. yeah <laughs> the novelty is lost <laughs> exactly they're like Another 7 billion dead. Eh. Yeah. So uh, the other thing to note, too, about his, his email there was he was talking about how the Necron seeded the Pariagene. Yes. And I think that was like a, like a third and fourth edition thing. And then once like the Necron became like the Nucron, like their new version of them, like I think they got rid of that. So Yeah, in the most recent things I read, I never really saw anywhere that the Necron were responsible for that gene. Yeah. But, like, I definitely know in the old editions it was. So yeah, because somebody, the, Necron, the Necron included pariahs in their ranks, yeah. but they don't anymore. Yeah, so somebody uh, do some research for us, email us, and uh, tell... <laughs> Someone do our work for us. Yeah, yeah, and uh, tell us, like, do the Necrons still have that gene in their current edition of the fluff, or right. was it an old, old cron? Gosh, you're a wretched <laughs> human. <laughs> Newcron. Newcron. Oldcron. Well, you know. Wow. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Anything else to... to uh, no, I, that's all I got on my list. Cool. Let's uh, dive right in. Uh, today, so uh, we are we ended with the Horse Heresy. Yeah, let, let's jump back actually two episodes. Oh, gosh. Um, Go for so it. So we, we talked about the Great Crusade and how the Emperor and his Primarchs 
uh, went out and conquered the entire galaxy. They conquered, like, a million worlds. And then the Horse Heresy happens, half the legions fall, half the armies fall to chaos, huge civil war, and uh, the outcome is the Emperor is basically... Uh, not killed. Body dead. Body he's a, dead. He's, he's a vegetable. <laughs> he's a vegetable and interred on the Golden Throne. Yeah. Uh, a bunch of Primarchs are killed. Well, only two, I think. Yeah, but only two. There's no active Primarchs. If they're not killed, they're missing. Sure. No, no. loyalist ones. Sure. Well, right when we talk about yeah. this episode, they'll still be around. But um, okay. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The outcome of the Horus Heresy, uh, and basically the loyalist wins and. Uh, this is kind of where we pick up. Yeah. After the Siege of Terra. Okay, yeah. So uh, the main time frame we're going to be talking about, too, is like right up to 40K, right? Yeah, basically. So um, the last like two years, I think Games Workshop has kind of like they've come out with like the Curse of the Wolfen and like then they did like the uh, Fall of Katie and all that. So we're not going to be touching that stuff quite yet we're going to take you up to the point just before that kind of just before the 13th black crusade the 13th the 13th uh okay so let's let's kick it off right now um the i guess kind of next kind of age or era that humanity goes through right after the horse heresy is the age of rebirth yeah so actually the way it works too sorry to contradict do your do your thing amigo Uh, it's not like we wrote it down in notes or anything no i know i know so uh, the age of the Imperium is from 30k to 40k, and then these are kind of uh, main events that happen in that, in like the age of the Imperium, because like the age of the Imperium is the history of the Imperium, and then within that they have their own like separate little subcategories. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> the age of the Imperium. Do, do, do. <laughs> Did you not get enough sleep last night? No, I what? didn't. Was was I keeping you up with my text messages? Why did, Why were you in bed? Like, Why was I... Because that's where I go when it's midnight. Oh, man. I go to bed. Okay, uh, let's kick it off with the Great Scouring. So this is immediately following the Horus Heresy. Yeah, so... Uh, the Battle of Terra is won by a Loyalist, but like half the galaxy is still... Yeah, it doesn't matter who wins in this scenario, Like, you're, the galaxy is torn. Yeah, like... So. Chaos holds some planets, yeah. Imperium holds the other. Yeah, and just because just because like Horus died, their figure like the snake the snake head died, like yeah. they, there's still a massive army of chaos. Yeah. And they out still there. have like eight great leaders. Yeah, yeah. Horus was just the best. Yeah. And uh so we're gonna talk quickly about uh a couple things that happen in the Horus Heresy that carry on throughout yeah the, um, the main one being the inquisition the main one being the inquisition is yeah. kind of secretly founded but not quite fully established yet yeah that's a good way to put it uh the the emperor right before he hits the bucket he goes to malkador the sigilite says like hey i need you to form this uh i i really like the inquisition and it's forming so we're not going to go real too deep in it yeah we, we are um, going to have an i feel like we say this every episode we are going to have this episode you we just have to wait have, you just have to wait so, two years well i guess we can tell people so we did plan out like uh our next x amount of episodes like 15 yeah so uh january 1st 
I think no it's like January it's like the second week of January okay something like that then we're actually we'll be done like our outline of what's (laughs) happening and we'll actually be able to jump into like these massive topics and actually like talk about the topics like you want to talk about like the details yeah Yeah. exactly so then you should have yeah so you got to suffer through another six or seven episodes yeah and And it is suffer you will suffer (laughs) (laughs) yeah but uh, so yeah, the, the Inquisition. Yeah, Malkador the Sigilite. He starts the Inquisition. Uh, he disappears. He makes the Inquisition disappear. Hundred years later, after the Emperor is already on the throne, that's when the Inquisition really comes into light. Yeah, and it is a, just a branch of the Empire that really. hunts down traitors. And yeah, heretics. like their their whole purpose is just to protect humanity. Yeah, really. So when when they're first formed, they are the Ordo Malleus, and they're there. No, they're not. They're just the Inquisition. Yeah, but all they are is the Ordo Malleus. But it's just called the Inquisition. Okay, fine, but that's... It, all they did was protect... Like, they were there to stop the forces of chaos. Yeah, but they weren't the Ordo Malleus. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, what happened? We're really taking a hostile approach to each other <laughs> right now. Maybe we yeah, both didn't get This is a bit sleep. awkward for your guest, don't you think? I don't know. They can suffer through it. <laughs> Okay, let's shake hands, Eric, and then kiss on the cheeks. I just want to touch your foot. Okay. That's a, where okay. is it? That's my wiener. Uh, there we go. Okay. Um, okay, we're back on track. Yeah, we're so the, the, the Inquisition smiling. is formed. Um, the Ecclesiarchy, which is um, the church branch, it's like the religious branch of the empire yeah that one is formed after the battle of Terra, though so after yeah, the emperor there there's a certain guy who survives the battle of Terra, and he kind of forms like a temple uh, it's, it's like fat dickus or something fat I'm, n- I'm not even kidding <laughs> you it's like fat fat or something interesting yeah but uh, he, he was a general in on like the or a lieutenant or something he he survived the he war. was involved yeah, yeah. and uh, he founded a church on a temple on Terra. Really a cult. A cult, yes. Yeah. Uh, because there were the so many cults yeah. out there. And he has became the biggest and the most powerful on Terra. Yeah. And then uh, over the years, it eventually turns into, like, the main... Yeah, like, it's so powerful that, like, the administratum of the Imperium can't shut it down, or they realize that, like, we can control a good portion of humanity through yeah. religion. Yeah. So. so those two things, the Inquisition and the Ecclesiarchy, are two major outcomes of the Horus Heresy as well. For yeah, for the humanity as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. Not just like the armies or anything, but this affects like the peoples. Yeah. <clears throat> so um a couple years after the Horus Heresy, um Rabuk Gilliman uh sets up his Codex Astartes. And he basically is like, no one can have this much power. So legions before the Horus Heresy would have like upwards of 100,000 marines. Yeah, in each legion. In each legion. Some would be more, some would be less, but on average, yeah, 100,000 probably. And uh, same with the Imperial Navy and Army. Uh, They were like one organization. So one guy was ruling all of the like non-Astartes forces. So Rebuk Illiman is like, no one else can hold this amount of power to be able to rip the galaxy in, in half like Horus did. Yeah. So he broke down the legions into what are called chapters, and he split the Imperial Army into the Imperial Navy and the Astral Militarium, the Imperial Guard. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, really, it's just a distribution of power. Like exactly, if one person corrupts, then your your losses are minimalized. Yeah, right. Compared to if one legion corrupts, that's twenty potential or so many chapters. It's a hundred potential chapters. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. A chapter. The, the main thing about the chapter is is that. Um, not everyone agreed with his decision. Yeah, yeah, there were. It was kind of split down the middle, I think. So yeah. there was, um, like, Lehman Russ didn't want it. Um, uh, Rogel Dorn didn't want yeah, it. Yeah. I don't think Jake Hadikan wanted it. Maybe he did. No, I think he was for it actually. Yeah. But yeah, there was kind of split, and it almost came to a second civil war over this. Just over the the fact that Roboot is like, no, nah, this is how it is, and other people are like. Yeah. You can't tell me what to do. Yeah. You're not but, my dad. But ultimately, like, so, <laughs> you know, my dad, my dad. <laughs> my dad's dead. My dad's my dad. <laughs> uh, but so Rebook Gilliman didn't take part in the Siege of Terra, and at this point was the biggest legion. So people kind of yielded to him as, yeah, as, because, well, as he took control. Yeah, not only did he have the biggest legion, but he also makes the biggest sacrifice with the Codex. He does, yeah. Right, at yeah. that point. I so. guess that's true. But yeah, like, so people kind of go along with it eventually. Yeah. Um, so the Imperium's kind of reorganized in this way, too. Um, and they go on crusades, basically, to root out uh, the traitor legions. Yeah, they're just trying to get rid of everyone who, like, has a the seed of corruption on them. You know, trying just do a cleansing, Yeah, really. Taking back what, what they lost. Yeah. Um, a couple of things that happened in the Age of Rebirth that are important to note was... Uh, Lionel Johnson and the destruction of Caliban. So Lionel Johnson's a primarch of the Dark Angels, and he, after uh, the Siege of Terra, he goes back to his homeworld and finds out that his homeworld actually turned to chaos. And they open fire it on him, and he blew up the planet, basically. But during this battle, he gets lost, and no one knows what happens to him except for people outside of the universe. Like, we know what happens to him, but, like... Right. Uh... Yeah, the no, Dark Angels don't know what happened right. to him. He, yeah, he's gone. Yeah. Yeah, the, um, I guess the other things is uh, Alpharius Omegon is killed by Reboot. Yeah. Or so he believes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so is he two people or he, is he one? He's two. He's one. The. <laughs> and here I'm, we go. I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, he is two Primarchs. But nobody knows that it's two Primarchs except for the people in his legion. Yeah. And then, like, even in his legion, they're, like, the special ops of the special ops. They're all about, like, infiltration and, like, COVID ops and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so within that legion, uh, all the Space Marines, not all of them, but most of them would even, like, do facial surgery to look more like their Primarch. Yeah. So then the Primarchs could even blend even more. And they were the tiniest, so they could yeah. actually, like, really blend with it's the whole It's possible legion. that they were even, like, a, a very similar size to their own legion and yeah. everything, so... Hmm. Yeah, but it is two Primarchs, Alpharius and Ogremon. But nobody knows that. Nobody knows that except for Legion. So when Roboot says, like, when Roboot says, I've killed Alpharius Omegon, he thinks that he killed the Primarch. Yeah. Did he kill one of them, then? Yeah, he thinks he killed one of them. So, Whether he killed Alpharius or Ogamon, he doesn't know because he doesn't know there's two of them. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So, potentially, there's still another Primarch, then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. if... Like, we have no confirmation that the other one's been t- killed or anything, so... Yeah. 
It, it's funny because like everyone's always like, oh, there's 20 Primarchs, and it's like there's there's 21 technically. Mm. And technically, but. there's 19. It's cool. What? <laughs> Why that? Oh, well, we don't. Those other two Primarchs could still be alive for all we know. No, they're. Uh, they could be. We don't know what happens to them. I guess. Right. And, and if we were taking off killed Primarchs, then you're removing like Ferris Manus and yeah, you know, whatever. There was originally 21. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Hmm. The other thing that happened, or another thing, is Jag Hattie Can is lost in the webway, and he's the Primarch of the White Scars, and uh, he was fighting off Dark Eldar Raiders, and he chased him into the webway to try to, you know, exact holy vengeance upon them. Well, the only thing that you should do. Yeah. Uh, So during this Age 2, Chaos and the Imperium have the galaxy basically split in half, and the Imperium's trying to take back uh, the galaxy. But also Xenos races are like, oh, now's the time to strike the Imperium's weak. So they're also taking planets. So during this time, not only are they fighting off Chaos, yeah, they're, they're also fighting, fighting on off Xenos. Yeah. yeah. It's huge battles everywhere. So another Primarch is lost. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you you really can't find your way out of the webway unless you know what's going on. Or unless Games Workshop writes you back in. Right, unless the plot it's armor convenient. is so thick. Oh, it's thick. Uh, it <laughs> I just, mean, he's a Primarch, so... Yeah. It, he just has to wait for the most convenient moment. No, not the most dire moment. Uh, the moment when humanity needs someone yeah. the most. Then they're like, okay, we'll bring back a, a Primarch. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, he's been lost for like 8,000 years. Ten. Well, depending on when he actually got lost in the world. Uh, he was lost, like, pretty quick Pretty after. early. Yeah. <laughs> w- would a Primarch effectively live forever if not killed? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Like, even uh, Space Marines basically live forever. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Um, the, the There's a lot is, of that in 40k. Do they yeah. age at all? Like Yes. Kind yeah, of. Very like, slowly. You do see some, like, who look more weathered and aged. A lot of it just comes from scars, though. <laughs> yeah, I think that's more what it what it is. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but there there are there are regular space marines um, who are like I think Dante now would be like eighteen hundred years old, who is like the chapter master of the Blood mm. Angels. Well, Abaddon would be older. The thing with Abaddon is though, chaos, the warp. The so warp, does it really? So, like he mm. could only be like three centuries old technically. Yeah. So or he's. Or he's ten thousand, thirty thousand years old. Yeah. Or, or yeah, he time could passes be older, even quicker, but, right? But yeah, so Primarchs are essentially immortal. Yeah. Hmm. Unless um, you uh, incinerate them molecule by molecule. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the next thing we have that is important is Reboot Gilliman is mortally wounded by Fulcrum. Um, he's slashed in the throat, and then he's put into a stasis field, and yeah. the Ultramarines whisk him away. To be forever frozen. Forever. And never come back. <laughs> at this point, is Fulgrim, is he full demon at this point? Oh, yeah. Point? He's full oh, okay. uh, snake tail, Serpentine, forearms. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's cool. pretty sweet. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, I, I'm really curious to see his model. Like, well, they, I think they did a sweet job with Mortarion. Yeah, and even Bankness, they did a good job, too. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm curious to see his. Um... And then, also, the fate of, of another Primarch. <laughs> a lot of Primarchs in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of Loyalist ones. Yeah, poor guys. <laughs> uh, Rogadorn uh, is presumed dead uh, during the first Black Crusade. He boards, uh, I think he boards, like, Abaddon's ship. Maybe not, no? 
Oh, I, I oh. just that's a bad idea. That's what I was <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, It might not have been Abaddon's ship, but it was definitely uh, a Black Legion ship, hmm. and uh, all they find is his hand. So he could be alive. He could be dead. Yeah, for the longest time, he was presumed yeah. dead. The but... Imperial Fist found their Primarch's hand, though. Right. Mm. Oh, poor guys. Yeah. Oh, now, now, now they have to change their name. It's like, yeah. oh, Primark doesn't have fists anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of ironic. Imperial let's half cha- fists. Let's change it to Iron Hands, because now he has a bionic yeah, weight. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe somebody did that on purpose. Like, they just left the, the fist there. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's kind of as a symbol, kind of, yeah. yeah. It would be like, yeah, if they had captured him, and they were like, we took your fist. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. No more fisting for you. <laughs> fisting for the emperor <laughs> um, so during this time lots of primarchs are lost but eventually humanity is able to push uh, the forces of chaos back to the eye of terror yeah. which is that warp rift created by Slanesh. Yeah. Um, and yeah that happens for quite a while a couple centuries I think this all kind of happens a couple millennia I don't think it's that long to M32 that's just the next most important event, though. Ah, okay. It's not... Yeah. Okay, well, the the next thing we have written down is the Beast, yeah. and, which is the largest wog that's ever existed. Yeah. Um, can I just throw in one note, too? You are more than welcome to, okay. Mark. So, the Imperium of Man during 30K is drastically different than the Imperium of Man in 40K. And what we're hoping to try to do here is show you these key events that flip it from, like, where the Emperor is, like, uh, we believe in science and reason and, you know, our divinity to rule and, like... Science! Science and all that to to 40K where it's, like, uh, very corrupt, degrading, and all it, everything yeah, that we love about 40K. They take steps back. Yeah. Like, they go back to being cultish and secretive yeah. and having like their societies and yeah. and where it's like uh, a secret like you're all the rules you're not allowed to do this because you're not at the right level yeah. and so during the age of rebirth basically we see every loyalist primarch either get killed or lost um which really makes it so that no one around in during the time of the emperor is around now which you know, then stuff starts to get twisted. Yeah, you, you because then they can't follow his vision yeah. anymore. Yeah, exactly. And you don't get that, like, like a Primarch, when he, like, comes around, everyone listens to him. Even if you're not a part of his legion, even if you're just... Everyone listens to a Primarch. Yeah, of course. Or when they're gone, then people get their sticky fingers in and they're willing to do what they want to do. Right. Uh, so, the Beast. The, this is the next key thing that happens that kind of starts to twist the Imperium of Man. Yeah. Uh, so it's the largest wog ever to exist. Uh, we kind of briefly touched on uh, what the beast was in our orc episode. Yeah. Uh, but it's what, what's crazy is that like this wog, the battle even gets to Terra. Yeah. Which it's is so like, big. Yeah, it's so large that they can't even contain it away from like their holy Terra. Like Terra isn't just a world to humans; it's like their holy land. Yeah. Right. It's what they can. Cons- it's their birthplace and everything. So. Um, but it the wog ends on Ulanor, and the reason that Ulanor is kind of important is because there are many different, or I think there's three now, major orc things that happen on Ulanor. Yeah. Uh, there's the beast, and then there's the two battles for Armageddon. 
there's also the Ulanor Crusade, where Horus was named War Master. That's right, mm-hmm. yeah. So there's actually four. Jeez. But, yeah, so... It games, has to be their yeah. home planet. Games yeah. Workshop keeps going back. Yeah, to it has Illinois. to be something important. What yeah. it is yet, I'm not fully aware. I think it'll be good. Yeah, it'd be something. Yeah, um, but what what's crazy about the beast, and I'm pretty sure we mentioned this before, is that the beast was an orc. Technically, it was six orcs, and they were called the Prime Orcs. And uh, I want to was it thirty feet tall? Yeah, I yeah. believe so. The orc was. Or was it? 30 no, I, meters. I, I, 30, 90 no, feet, that, that, not 90 feet. No, it's... 10 meters. Be, 10 meters, 30... Yeah, okay, yeah. 30 feet. 30 feet big. tall. He's big. That's massive for an orc. Like, it's three times the size of a Primarch. Pretty well. Like, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, so, um, the biggest wog ever to exist... Um, so, in their first encounter with this wog, they're on a planet, and, uh, like, the Imperium's on a planet fighting the orcs, and then, like, the, the, the sky goes dark, and they look up, and there's, like, a giant ball in the sky, and it's so big, and it looks like a moon. Like, this random moon comes into That's orbit. That's no moon. Exactly. They do do that whole thing. And it's, like, <laughs> this giant orc war sphere. Yeah. And I, I think the way that they describe it, I got to remember exactly, but, like, it has a mouth on it, and the mouth opens... <laughs> And either it shoots, like, a giant laser out, or it, like, eats the planet. I forget what happened. <laughs> I think it shoots a laser out. I'm pretty sure that's what happens. But it, it's a, a huge, giant, like, that's, that star spaceship thing. That's pretty cool. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Orcs are so cool. Yeah. Anyways. Um, so the big things to take out of this whole campaign are um, the High Lords of Terra. Uh, they're constantly fighting amongst themselves in this, like, time. So they're the ruling body, and they're fighting amongst yeah, themselves. Yeah, of the like, entire Imperium. Yeah, so somebody would be like, let's send this uh, crusade here to deal with the orcs, and then it would get halted, and then they're like, well, you did a horrible job. You're, de- you're, you're out. You're no longer a high lord. And they kind of do these like these coups or whatever. Yeah. Um, so the, the high lords of terror essentially gain more and more power, and like individuals in the the High Lords gain more power. Yeah, too. really, it's Game of Thrones for 40k. Yeah. It's just a constant power struggle yeah. of who's outmaneuvering whom. Yeah, but this is, like, really when I'd say they start to, like, really take hold. Because up until, you know, not right now, but, like, there well, was Primarchs around Yeah, before, you had the Emperor, uh, and then you had Primarchs. Primarchs and, and then all the power of the military has been shattered into yeah. little pieces by Roboot Robo- Gilliman. Yeah. So now you just have people. Yeah. Um, the other thing that happens is the Inquisition is split, and we get another major branch of the Inquisition. Okay, so I guess, uh, Mark, is it okay now if I say that it's yeah, the be- Ordo Malleus? because now it is uh, the Ordo Malleus. Thank you so much for that permission. Hey, don't blame me. Blame Games Workshop. I'm just telling you what they did. Uh, yeah, so whereas before the Inquisition was solely there to protect humanity against uh, the forces of chaos yeah. and its unknown dangers, then Ulinor comes, like the Wog, the Beast. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, no, like, oh, al- aliens are pretty terrible, too. <laughs> <laughs> so they form uh, the Ordo Xenos, yeah. which is another... So they, they kind of split the Inquisition into two, all still under the Inquisition. Yeah. And they're like, this branch is going to worry about chaos. That's the Ordo Malleus. And this branch is going to worry about uh, aliens. And this yeah. is the Ordo Xenos. Now, when does the Ordo Hereticus come in? Um, I believe probably during, like, the Age of Apostasy. I'm not exactly sure when, oh, okay. but... That seems like... It seems like a pretty logical time. That and they're seems like, when, hmm, yeah, <laughs> this is I getting out of hand. Yeah, yeah. Um, There's also other branches of the Inquisition that are minor too, but whatever. 
But uh, those are the yeah the three uh, the the coolest ones. So if I was not an Imperial Knight player, okay, which I haven't even played a game with Imperial Knights, so because no one no one is going to play you, but that's fine. Uh like I have I love the Death Watch. Like I have huge Death Watch kill teams, and they're all true scaled and awesome. So this is also awesome ju- is debatable. They are awesome. They're assholes to play against. <laughs> Mark's like oh. Here's my shotgun ammo now. Like, good luck assaulting me. Oh, you're in cover? Here's my hellfire rounds. Oh. It's not even... Oh, Oh my goodness. Back to the hostilities. (laughs) You need a nap. I'll come back. I do. Um, Quick ten minute, guys. Yeah, but so the Ordo Xenos basically calls together all, all the chapters. I think they call together 500 different Space Marine chapters. And they're like, we need to deal with the orcs. Uh, so they draw like members from each each chapter to uh, help deal with the orcs, and they like form them together and make kill teams out of them. And yeah, yeah. I love the Death. Watch. Well, it's it's cool because the Death Watch because it doesn't matter what legion you're from, yeah, or chapter you're from. When you join the Death Watch, like you kind of you put all your chapter politics and everything on hold for the duration of your um, and it's is it a one year or five year? No, they don't have a time. It's I thought they you, had. It's till your mission's completed. Oh, okay. But also, like, if they want you longer, they'll take you longer. There's no set time. Yeah. Oh, okay. I always yeah. thought there was like you signed up for a certain amount of time. But anyways, <laughs> one year. So one year contracts. Like, All right. So you go. You go to the Watch Fortress. It takes a year of warp travel to get just there. Just to get there. I'm and done. Done. <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, it is yeah, kind of cool. I love the Death Watch. Yeah. And this happens too during uh, this battle or this. Uh, the beast time or whatever. yeah during the beast wog uh so the other um kind of outcomes of the beast is that the custodes who were the emperor's protectors yeah they join a high seat or they join a seat in the high lords of terra so now they kind of have a say yeah of like what, the running what are the custodes the emperor's like personal bodyguards um they're basically like crazy they're not space marines they're better than space marines they're like better yeah they're even like they're stronger they're faster they're smarter but the difference is like still gene seed no 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 they're they're not gene seeded they're but they are genetically like a space marine is genetically modified right and so technically like what makes him a space marine is the fact that he has the gene seed and it can be harvested out of him and seeded into someone else yeah but you can build like bigger stronger smarter people yeah. than space marines it just takes more time yeah where, like the mm-hmm. the custodes are handcrafted to be like the emperor's personal bodyguard hmm. which is that's cool if you're all powerful why do you need a bodyguard well because sometimes an orc will come and it'll strike you down no it will and then horus will it save will. your life and mm. just imagine if you had had a custode at that time <laughs> you wouldn't have ah, needed the custode's horus. now war master perfect yeah exactly um yeah, so the, a custode joins the high the high lords of Terra, kind of like the emperor's like mouthpiece. Yeah, exactly. Kinda. Like they know what the emperor wants, do yeah. they? But that's debatable. And uh, during this time too, uh, one high lord actually like kills all the other ones, and like has a, a hundred year tyranny over the imperium. But it, it says it was actually like prosperous or whatever. But it still was a tyranny. Right. Yeah, it doesn't change the fact that it was one person. But like, he, but it shows you like maybe you shouldn't have a senate, and maybe you should just have one person leading <laughs> everything. 
But uh, yeah, eventually he dies, and Terra is unified under like the High Lord. So I'd say yeah. this is like their the first major incident where the High Lords actually had to do something on a galaxy scale, as opposed to just like yeah, because before they would run like day to day. Yeah. Right. While the Emperor is taking care of the Grand Crusade, the High Lords are responsible for day to day. But yeah. now the High Lords are responsible for everything in the Imperium. Yeah. Okay, so that is the. Uh, kind of the beginning steps of humanity learning to you know get a foothold and kind of secure its place back into the galaxy yeah mm. uh the next part of you know the age of imperium would uh be the forging that's what i have written here yeah and it's basically just the imperium is rebuilding worlds and expanding their imperium um they've driven chaos out but now they still have to like rebuild like you might have the planet right. but you still need to. it's the rebuild. aftermath yeah yeah, doesn't change the fact that everything was destroyed. You need to get your food lines back up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they're just trying to stabilize. Yeah. But the the cool thing in the the thing I want to talk about is uh, they make astropathic choirs. Um, I don't recall if we've ever really talked too much about astropaths. Uh, I don't I know believe so. Yeah, I, I know think we've we talked about navigators. We talked very briefly about navigators. Astropaths are psychers that are able to um, send their their voice or a message or a picture through the warp to other astropaths and this is how the imperium communicates yeah um but it's not always reliable because it's through the warp and it does take some time but it's yeah, quicker than a, a radio radio wave or yes whatever yeah and, and just purely the fact that like you have to be powerful enough to send your voice out further yeah right like you go planet to planet within your star system maybe not a huge big deal but all yeah. of a sudden you want to shout across half the galaxy yeah through the warp like good luck so that's why they create the choirs yeah and the choirs are basically they would set up astropathic relays on key planets all across the imperium and they'd gather a bunch of astropaths there to relay messages so it's basically they established a viable communication uh network network <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> that's a word uh, yeah, and uh, the way that works, yeah, basically one astropath tells them, and then they send it out. So then they have ten astropaths send it out further. Yeah, it's really just like everyone con- contributes a little bit of their power yeah. to shoot forward messages, and then depending on like the urgency, like they'll get more included to send yeah. out this message. So. Yeah. You know, like, there's got to be a breakdown somewhere. Like Someone's listening to these psychic messages. Oh, yeah, like... I don't think they're coded. No. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Just some random person on a random planet just keeps hearing the voices. And, the voices yeah, in my yeah. head. So uh, everyone thinks he's going insane, but really he's Really, them. yeah, he's hearing all the Imperial chatter. Like, <laughs> we're losing men on Alpha 7 or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, so now the uh, humanity kind of... They've got their planets that they're getting stro- footholds and strongholds back in. They have a strong relay system. They have the High Lords of Terra who are responsible for everything. And we'll get now into the Age of Apostasy. Yeah. Which is, uh, for me, it's it's probably one of the cooler ages. Because uh, yeah. it's super grimdark. <laughs> it is. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Like, so the Ecclesiarch is the, the Ecclesiarchy is the church yeah. uh, that was formed by Fatidicus. Fat Dickus. I'm, I gotta, okay. Someone's got to find that name for me. Okay. But um, it's formed by this one guy, this cult. And what was crazy is during the forming of this cult, because there were a lot out there, 
he started this cult and he had the advantage of it being on Terra. So if like a high lord of Terra, say for some reason joins her cult, that instantly gives it sway yeah. and power. So it starts picking up off planet little by little. Yeah. Um, to where like if you weren't a member of the cult, like the oh. cult members would, would be like openly hostile. Openly, like physically like even killing people if they weren't yeah. part of the cult, which the cult was like, oh, we don't condone. But obviously, like, it gives you power, you like it. And yeah. out of that is the ecclesiarchy is formed. Yeah. And it slowly gains power and power as the memory of the emperor slowly drifts into memory. Yeah, and he becomes more and more of this myth god legend. Myth god, yeah. Right? Fat. Fatidicus. It is Fatidicus? It is. I knew it. F-A-T-I-C. <laughs> oh, that's a D. Letters. Uh, is it like, isn't that a crazy yeah, name, though? That is odd. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Fatidicus. It says that he renamed himself to... <laughs> to that? The to that. That's the name he chose for himself. <laughs> Fatidicus. Willingly. <laughs> he, had some, he had some small, you know, <laughs> small man syndrome. <laughs> uh... So, I mean, he's at the start of the Ecclesiarchy, but at this point... Yeah, like, point, he, he was around during the Horus Heresy this Yeah, time. exactly. So, like, but well, the Age of Apostasy is, like, 6,000 years later. Yeah, this happens in, yeah, M36. Yeah, so this is when the Ecclesiarchy is, like, it's a real power within the Imperium. It's, like, acknowledged by yeah. the Imperium. Yeah. Um, but what there commonly was is there was a commonly a power struggle between the bureaucratic and political side of the Imperium and the religious side. So the administratum is everything that handles day-to-day Imperium. Yeah, and you the, got church and state. Yeah, ex- no, that's really exactly what yeah. it is. Yeah. So um, there's one kind of area, era, where uh, I don't know how to say his first name. Is it Goj? Gogi? Goje? Uh, yeah, Gorge. There's no Gorge. R. Isn't there? No, it's just G-O-G-E. Uh, Anyways, everyone knows Gorge. him by his last name, which is Van Dyer. Yeah. And he... All right, so the first thing that happens is he sets up a puppet in the ecclesiarchy. Yeah. So he, he puts, like, he, through his back dealings, he puts in a, a, an ecclesiarch that he believes is going to be very easy to manipulate. And then he enters the administratum, and he goes to the High Lords of Terra. So now the High Lords of Terra... Is he a High Lord? Who? Van Dyer? No. No, he wasn't. He, no. Was just a, he was just a member of, like, a ruling class yeah, or whatever. Yeah, he was just a cardinal. Yeah. No, Van Dyer? Yeah. Pretty sure he was just a cardinal. And so he set up, like, incompetent leadership, yeah. and then he stepped in and, like, look, I can do a better job. And he takes over the the ecclesiarchy. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Because uh, it's one of those things, like, if you try to take it over, like, if from competent people, you're going to have a tough time. Where if right. you take over from incompetent people... Easier. Can, yeah. So he takes over the ecclesiarchy, and he moves the homeworld from Terra to Orpheus 5 or something. something like that, yeah. Yeah, maybe 6. But there, there's a double reason there. Number one, the reason he moves it is because uh, the previous Ecclesiarch was did such a poor job that the Administratum was able to wrest a lot of power away from them. Yeah. And then B, that's where his homeworld is. Yeah. Or that's where he like did his cardinalcy, right? So he has very strong ties to that planet. And I guess there's a third reason. It's the second, it's the wealthiest planet after Terra and Mars. Yeah, so the third wealthiest planet. In the entire galaxy. Yeah. So so he has a good foothold there. So now he kind of sets up his own separate domain in this planet. Yep, and um, he really enforces um, the cult of the Emperor. 
and uh, starts to like he, he. I don't think he believes in it. He's just using this as a way to get money because he starts tax, taxing the population all across the galaxy. Too oh yeah, much. It's like huge amounts just yeah. so the ecclesiarchy can build these monumental palaces yeah. and. Because like, that's what the emperor would have wanted. No, it is. Just huge palaces uh, uh, to worship him. Let me tell you about this one time they leveled a continent. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> but not to worship him. Well, <laughs> kind of. There's a statue of the emperor at the end of this road. Do you remember that one, Mark? I, I recall yeah. such a place. Um, With him, though, um, it's not... You don't. He's. It's probably not because he's actually cunning and he's plotting all of this. Isn't he just insane? Like, he's actually... I Crazy. think he gets in, insane later. Oh, okay. But like, uh, oh, it would, his beginning steps. I think it was. More yeah, I mean, he's been planning it, for a long time. But the, the and it all starts when he puts the figurehead in. Yeah. When he helps put the figurehead right. in charge, right? Yeah. Like, you could, and, and for all we know, like when he did that, he had the best intentions. Like, I know I could do a better job. Like, right. So I'm gonna put this guy in him and mm. step in. Yeah. So, mm. uh, but it, it's the whole thing about this is that there becomes a massive like power struggle between the ecclesiarchy and the administratum yeah and even uh eventually the ecclesiarchy kind of turns in on itself Mm -hmm. too and this is where sebastian thor steps up and he was just like a preacher from the i believe the same system orpheus six or whatever and uh yeah he he tries to overthrow george van dyer and is successful in it What's up? Everyone's searching things. Everyone's on their <laughs> iPad. Like, is Mark what Mark's saying is true? Yeah, the, but the, so the main he, outcome. He gets, yeah, Sorry, he gets ahead. he he starts up his own like little mini cults or whatever, and he gets his own followers, and eventually even gets like Space Marine chapters to help join him and stuff. Like, look, you guys know that this guy that uh, Van Dyer is not doing the right thing. We need to overthrow. Him. Yeah, and Van Dyer becomes so powerful that like he becomes like. The most powerful person in the Imperium, even above the High Lords of Terra, yeah. and so they overthrow him, and they kill him. But one of the outcomes of of this whole thing is that um, they say the High Lords of Terra say that the Ecclesiarch can no longer have a military. Yeah, and so that's really the big outcome. Yeah, because they had their Templars. Yeah, and uh, which they would enforce like their will. Yeah. Right, so like if you didn't pay your taxes to the ecclesiarchy, they yeah. send in the Templars to go yeah. collect their tax. Yeah, so if you're just some small like agri world and you don't even have money to begin with, you can't pay your taxes. Like they would go wipe you out. Yeah. So really? yeah. Wow. Um, so it's kind of like at the end of the age of apostasy, they reach kind of like a balance between the administratum and the ecclesiarch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but. This is where the Sisters Battle are formed due to some gay loophole. Yay! Men at arms. Because uh, the wording's women. like, yeah, the wording's like, you, the church, the ecclesiarchy can no longer have men at arms. So they're like, oh, we'll have a bunch of Sisters of Battle. But like, it goes a little deeper too. Like, George Van Dyer goes to one shrine world and he finds like a bunch of people, a bunch of women called the Daughters of the Emperor who are like warrior women and he takes them and then blah, 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 blah. We will have. An Age of Apostasy episode. So you say. We will eventually. <laughs> one day. Uh, Coming March 2019. Oh, really? Should I write that down? <laughs> no, please don't. Um, but yeah, the big thing is that uh, they do find that balance between church and state. Yeah. 
well, they're, they're what they believe <laughs> to be balanced. Yeah. Um, and but, th- th- at but, this point, they're they're kind of they're they feel ready, right? The the Imperium of Man is kind of they're back on their feet at this point. Yeah, yeah. and uh, they kind of get like all these. Uh, they get all the <laughs> hmm, words thoughts. <laughs> Wow. So many crashing through wow. your head. Um, they they go on all these crusades, so they get all amped up because like the ecclesiarchy like amps everybody up, and like it, it wasn't all bad. Like they're still like promoting worshiping the emperor and stuff. So everyone gets all this religious fervor in them, and they go on a bunch of cru- crusades. And this age now is called the Age of Redemption, and uh, yeah, like. Basically, galaxy-wide crusades again. Yeah, they, just, it's a common theme. So, right, yeah, something bad happens, the Imperium shattered, then they fix it and they go on crusades. Yeah, they, crusades to celebrate the fact that now they're whole again. <laughs> yeah, so. exactly. Which only we inevitably this massive war. Let's go on a massive war. Yeah, which only inevitably leads to a bunch of loss of people because you're in a war. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, so this goes on for quite some time, and like Eric says, like. If you keep pushing and keep pushing, your military eventually gets weaker because you just can't yeah. keep funding Spread it. Spread thin. Yeah. And uh, this is called the waning. And, uh, yeah, the forces are depleted and thinned out, and uh, many planets are now lost to chaos and Xeno's forces because they just yeah. pushed too far. They took too much. They didn't, you know, set up fortresses on planets that they took. They just kind of... Right. They were just like, hey, this is ours now. Move on. Yeah, so exactly. They're not really assimilating. Yeah. Mm. Um, and this is like really reaching the end of the age of the Imperium yeah. right before 40k. Yeah, we're getting close to that 40k mark at this point. Yeah. So at, at this point, uh, there's only a couple more things we want to mention, and they are going to be extremely brief. Yeah. And then we're going to kind of go into something that uh, Mark found, which is kind of interesting. So in this time of ending where the age of the Imperium is wrapping up, which I technically, age of the Imperium is still happening, right? Yeah. Okay. Or... No, no, I think now it's the Dark Imperium. No, I don't know if they call it the Dark Imperium, the Dark Age of the Imperium. I seem to remember you throwing that around a while ago. Yeah, I, I forget if it's just uh, what they call the Imperium now or like how it actually plays or if it's just a cool book title, but gotcha. whatever. Yeah, so uh, before 40K, there are three major um, people that the Imperium interacts with, three major alien races, Xenos. Yeah. And that being the Necron, yeah. Because at this point, the Necron who have been asleep for millennia, yeah, for millions of years, yeah, are starting to reawaken on their tomb worlds. Yeah. So they mm. they fight their first battles with the Necron. Yeah, and and it, when you read like through uh, like the Necron Codex, they have like some little inserts from like Inquisitors or Space Marines that like met with the Necron, like, that were awakening, and they're sweet to read. Yeah. Because they just, like, the way they describe these Necron rising out of these, like, tomb worlds, yeah. oh, it's awesome. Yeah, it is pretty cool. Uh, uh, the other thing is Tyranids start to invade the galaxy. So they come from a different galaxy, and they start to invade the eastern fringes of the galaxy. Yes. Yeah. How far did they come from? Yeah, yeah who knows? Yeah. Like, like there's no home world that anybody's found. Well, no. it's it wouldn't be in our galaxy and we haven't left our galaxy. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, humanity, Eldar, no one, well, I don't believe the Eldar ever no, did. No, no one ever has. Nobody ever has. Yeah, so no. they are the first 
kind of contact we have with anything outside oh, of the like galaxy. It's hard to put in intergalactic yeah. species. Yeah. I like thought it, all the species were kind of intergalactic. No, like no. when you when you really think about the scale, like you have a planet. Yeah. And then you have star systems. And then you have your galaxies. Yeah. Right? Well you even have your segmentums within your star systems. Yeah. Right? Like a star system it's like well the sun. That's like one star within the Milky Way. But there are billions and trillions of stars in the Milky Way galaxy. It's yeah. really quite the mind fuck yeah. if you really, really like every star we the see. galaxy is so unbelievably huge. Yeah, every star we see is yeah. in our galaxy. We yeah. can't even see stars. Like if we see another galaxy, it looks like a star. I think because the only, it's so far away. The only galaxy you can see with the name Andromeda. is Andromeda. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. So hmm. But yeah, That's like, interesting though, I, I that they've never gone past you, you can't. It's, it's yeah, so it's large. Ima- imagine like the size of our galaxy, and then just to get to Andromeda, it's like times a hundred. Yeah, just the, the, like of our galaxies. Yeah, a yeah. hundred of our galaxies to get to Andromeda. Yeah, and there's nothing in between that space. It's yeah, just yeah. dead but, space, so you can't. And, even... But that's the next closest thing. Right? What about through the warp, though? Yeah, I mean that's a it's a good thought. But even the warp, like, so let's Does say it exist outside it our galaxy. Off, Let's say it cuts off a billion years of time. You still got a billion years of warp warp travel with demons constantly invading you, and you still have to be able mm-hmm. to resupply yourself, but you can't. Like, well, yeah. unless you're on a craft world. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah, but uh, we haven't had that conversation. No, we haven't. But um, yeah, so Those the Tyranids are, are invading mm-hmm. the galaxy. The other thing that happens, I always feel bad for the Tau. The Tau Empire. Uh, springs up. It's just like... Why do you feel bad for them? It's just like... They're not a major race to me. Like, they're But they not are a, a major threat. Or they could be. Everything could be. Like, a Harad Empire could be a major threat. Yeah, but like, that the Demiurg would... could be a major but threat. a like, Harad Empire would never happen. Whereas not. a Tau Empire... There, there have been Harad Empires. Like, a Tau Empire is much more conceivable. Yeah, it just... To me, they're just like, oh, good, they got 15 planets. Good for them. Like... I think it's more just the speed at which they're growing. Yeah, yeah. Because if they if they continue on at that rate, yeah, they'll blast ahead of everyone when it comes to technical technological sure. advances. But like as of right now, they're not a major player to me. They're just they're inter- they are definitely like they're a space. It's funny because out of out of podcast, I know we've had this conversation. I know you agree with me completely. You're just arguing <laughs> with me just just for the podcast sake, which is great. But it's just like. I know you agree with me. Yeah, We've had this conversation small. many times. They're small, yeah. and they don't play a large role, but when humanity actually reaches and, like, interacts with Tau, like, yeah. Tau dominates. Yeah, they're, like, they're good, for sure. Yeah, they're but, just, they're such a small... But their know. growth rate, though, is so exponential. Yeah, right? but the, their, their major problem is that they don't have any form of, like, faster-than-light travel. Yeah, they So skim. for them to get anywhere, it takes them too long, and it's just like... yeah. They, they can never you'll never find tau outside of their small little section of space yeah when they do their actual like growth from planet to planet it has to be extremely slow yeah until they figure out a way to actually do warp travel yeah right but their technology it just increases so fast it yeah. does so yeah like, like so imperium contacted them uh and that, like, I forget the date, but then 2,000 years later, they contact them again, and they go from, like, just simple, like, planes people to, like, having space rail faring. guns and spacefaring, and yeah. Yeah. So, so in 2,000 years. Yeah. Which, when you think about it, 
That's kind of like us. Kind of. But, like, really, you could say that, like, we've only really made progress the last 200 years. Like... Yeah. You know. It's true. But 2,000 years ago, Mm -hmm. we were planes people. Yeah. Mm Yeah. Yeah. So, the Tau happened, and uh, other... There's other Xenos races, too, out there. Like, these are just the major ones. Yeah. But... Yeah, like the Tyranid and Necron are like always. Those are gonna, threats. Yeah, those are those threats. are the big guys. Tau, eh, eh. yeah. <laughs> but it, it's worth mentioning that it's, it it's the first contact. Yeah, right, yeah. right at the end of the of this time. Yeah. So. Um. Then also, Chaos launches its thirteenth black thirteenth black crusade for the fourth time. For the fourth time, because <laughs> <laughs> Games Workshop keeps rewriting there. Yeah, that. but uh. Yeah, Abaddon is a spoiler. He does a bunch of crusades. And, uh, Love that is, guy. Great guy. Great guy. Really, and really this is the guy. one where kind of everything kind of happens that he wants to happen, which we'll talk about later. Yeah, we'll do like a Black Crusade. We'll do a Chaos Space Rain Yeah, episode, the, so. all the crusades will fall into that. Yeah. Everyone loves the crusades. Everybody loves the crusades. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that's really the Imperium of Man. Like, you, you see them kind of go from where the Emperor has like this perfect vision to 40k where it's like they're just holding on to su- for survival yeah and like they're it's run by a bunch of crooked people who are selfish and they don't really care about the galaxy as a whole and well they they, they lack the big picture that the emperor do. had yeah and a lot of that is, is purely because of the fact that you know they're human yeah and where the emperor did not like religion in 40k the emperor is religion now yeah he's the god yeah and you just see them slowly tweak into the universe or into the Imperium that we love. Yeah, know and love. We know and love. Uh, Mark and I were discussing something uh, last night. Was it last night? Probably. Two nights ago. Who knows? Sure. Yeah, about like the actual order of like authority or power. Yeah, yeah. Because like we, we mentioned all these like, oh, you got the High Lord of Terror. You yeah, got you, got the the in- you got the Inquisition. You got the Inquisition. Yeah. Um, so we're going to take a brief little moment here and just kind of talk about the actual structure of the imperium so at its head you got the emperor yeah and he's really just a figurehead like he's not doing anything nowadays if you believe that i believe that does he nobody receives any communication from anytime yes mark mark would you like to answer that anytime there's like possible communication games workshop always is like and this person enters the emperor's throne room and they close the door and then he comes out, they come out and it's like, oh, I have this great idea. Mm. But like, they don't actually actively say that the emperor. Mm. Other than the uh, emperor's tarot, tarot, how do you, how do you pronounce tarot? Like a tarot card. Yeah. Tarot. So the emperor actually has a tarot card, which they use to help guide humanity. Yeah, but is that the emperor's direct hand? Well, who else would it be? Because it, it does, like it leads them properly. Sure. Right? As properly as a tarot card yeah. can. But it yeah. is, it's... It is predictable enough that they use it again and again and again. Yeah. So, like, they have these people who claim to, like, be able to, like, receive messages from the Emperor through the use of their tarot cards. Who are those people? Oh, I don't even know their names. Prognosticators. No. What? <laughs> no. I know, I just so- sounded like something that... <laughs> no, they, they, don't, they don't use the tarot. Is, yeah. Is uh, it, like, a psyker or yeah, something? Yeah, it would be a Yeah, it has to be a psyker of some um, sort. Like, librarians and stuff in Space Marine chapters will read it and... Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah anyone, really. Like, I, I don't think there's... A, I don't know if there's a specific I name. think you have to be a psyker. Yes. Is it Any just, psyker. like, at Terra? Is nope. Just, 
Oh no! Like they'll do it across the galaxy. Oh, they'll see, like read the tarot. They'll they'll have like their deck of cards, mm. which they think like the emperor is like psychically attuned oh, to, and they'll try and like try and divine the future through these tarot. Oh, so they, there's a lot of decks of cards. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh. Um, but another thing that, why I would disagree with Mark on this one is the Black Templar. Um, every time like they're gonna have like a major battle, like one of their warriors before the battle claims to receive a vision from the emperor proclaiming them as the emperor's champion which is any any claims yeah that and, he's receiving and a vision. other people too right yeah have it's not claims. the only one so i believe like there is communication with him well remember what i said like many episodes ago and i'm like oh yeah the emperor intentionally wanted to be killed yes. turned into a god now he's just a simple cabbage farmer and then he's banging the farmer's wife and then <laughs> you know and he's living all these different lives like when the the black templar gets that vision that's like the emperor like consuming his soul and then like taking his body and going on like a he wants to go on a rampage so he does that yeah but, yeah um really Sure, he has some, like, sway on what's happening, but not... Oh, no, he doesn't, like... He's not actively doing it. No, not in, like, the day-to-day. It's literally, like, a godhead figure, where, like, this person shows up to, like, an individual or a person. Like, he's not making decisions for the Imperium. Yeah. At all. He's more just, like, inspiring that one person. Right? So, Um, whether or not you actually think the Emperor cares about the individual, (laughs) which he doesn't. He does not. So underneath the Emperor, you have two, two branches. You have the Inquisition, and you got the High Lords of Terra. Um, the Inquisition it is basically all-powerful. They can do whatever they want. And, um, yeah, no one... The Inquisition doesn't answer to anybody yeah. except themselves. Yeah, and like they even have a seat on the High Lords of Terra. So like, even the High Lords of Terra don't really have that much sway against them. Um, so the Inquisition, we kind of know what that is. Just, yeah, we won't. They're, they're the protectors of the Empire. Yeah. And then you got the High Lords of Terra, and they are a governing body. I think there's 13 of them or something like that. There's some number. It's an ominous number. 13. There's some. There might be 10. I don't know. There's not, <laughs> there's not hundreds of them. There's only no. a handful of them. Yeah. And underneath them, you got the Adeptus Terra, the Adeptus Mechanicus, and the Adeptus Ministorum. So the Adeptus Terra is basically, uh... They are the political leaders on planets. Like, they will... Yeah, that's so like your nobles, right? Well, no, it's it's like a governing body, just like any type of governing body. So, like, okay. you have a planetary government. A world government. Yeah. Um, they're also in charge of, like, collecting taxes. They, they're they a government. Yeah. And Taxes are theft. Next to them, you got the Adeptus Mechanic. It's hard to just smiles. It is. <laughs> yeah. Next to them, you got the Adeptus Mechanicus, and uh, we kind of know a little bit about them. They're like the the machine people yeah. who make all the machines for the Imperial. The machine people. The machine people. <laughs> it goes greater than that, but yeah. And then besides them, you got the Adeptus Ministorum, and they are the church. So these three branches are kind of equal, like, which shows how much power the, the church has if they're like on equal footing with like the Adeptus Mechanicus. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like... Well, at least two the Highlands of Terror. Like, the Mechanicus is kind of its own They're kind of their own body. thing, but, like, yeah. Yeah. It, it's more like it's the mutual relationship. Like, the Mechanicus could go to war. The Mechanicum could go to war with uh, the Imperium 
Would they want to, though? Yeah, it's right. not beneficial for no. anybody. Can I ask one question about this? Yep. So what's kind of the political philosophy of that the Imperium? Like, how are the High Lords uh, elected, or how did they come into power? Are they elected, or...? So, usually they're from, like, governing bodies. So, like I said, uh, the Inquisition has, like, a High Lord. Yeah. So, the Inquisition would choose, like, who do we want to represent us? Right. And then the Ecclesiarchy would have a High Lord. Yeah, so the Ecclesiarch chooses who do we want to represent us on the High Lords of Terra. And then a Custode is a High Lord. So, they just have a bunch of these different, like, main branches of the Imperium. So, it's kind of democratic... Yeah, kind of, but it's but not, not like, really. The lay yeah. person doesn't have any say. Yeah. Right. Like, like, I guess when the emperor was more calling the shots, it was more fascistic almost. Yeah. yeah. But even still now, even though there's like a council, it's like. Well, that, no, that council now is responsible for a lot. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, I know everything. But and like they they call way more because now they get to decide where the army goes. Yeah. But who effectively chooses the leaders? So really, yeah, like, it would be like whatever the, branch, like because each seat has its own like branch that it's in charge of. So, like I said, the Inquisition is the easiest. So there's a bunch of inquisitors, and they choose who's going to go represent them. Yeah. So is there so there's a, is there a seat for like an Astartes? I think uh, Space Marines are one of the few that do not have a seat. Okay. So would, like, the the Astra Telepathica, did they have a seat? Yeah, they right. do. The, so the navigators have a seat. Right, yeah. So would they all just get together and vote? The Astra yeah. Pat, like, yes. I'm sure each one kind of has their own way of doing it, but I'm sure most of them would be like, you're you're the most suited for this job. Yeah. Where but others, like, they have, like, the Assassins, Yeah. Uh, and they have a high... high a seat on the High Lords of Terra. Yeah. And I'm sure that... That's not a vote. That's <laughs> not a vote. It's probably who's, whoever's most powerful. Right, who's yeah. the leader of the uh, Assassinorium, right? Yeah. That's, so. They're but really cool, by the way. I, I they are. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, uh, a cool... Th- a thing is that, like, it's the distribution of, of power. Like, you have one person with the figure who is voted by those people, like, the, say, the ten above them, and then each of those guys is put into power by 10 people below him yeah. and then each of those guys is put into 10 people below him so that's how you get like the vote of everyone like you might yeah. not actually vote for that person oh, okay. but the person that you put in power yeah. put another person in power who put another person in power mm. and it goes yeah. all the way it pyramids up until you get that one last person and you say this person represents us yeah. in the in the high seat yeah. but the common people basically have no say oh whatsoever. no no there's but, no way but the other yeah they have no say on the high lords of Terra. but the other thing too like each planet in the Imperium is very different in terms of government. Oh, Some absolutely. you have a monarch monarchy, others you will have a democratic process. Hmm. Yeah, some you'll just have a dictator. Some you will, yeah. Yeah, and some you'll have, like, no... Government at all. Yeah, and, and then they yeah, just... you're still getting taxed. Well, so. of course, there's there's got to be some space god that you give your gold to, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, so, like, really anything that you can think of somewhere in the Imperium, that's happening. Because okay. the Imperium's a million worlds. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so, under the High Lords of Terra, you got the Adeptus Terra, Adeptus Mechanicus, Adeptus Ministorum. The Adeptus Mechanicus are in charge of for- Forge Worlds. Forge Worlds are their vast manufacturing planets. And yeah, which is huge machinery yeah. under the planet. Yeah. So, on a Forge World, they have the ultimate say. Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. Like, the, like a High Lord of Terra isn't going to come to a forge world and say this is how you have to run it no like they no. probably could they and, probably could but and if the mechanicum doesn't bend like there could be a battle but 
that's not beneficial. Yeah. Like, all that the High Lord of Terror ca- cares is that they're meeting their quotas, yeah. and they're sending this many boulders and this many yeah. land raiders out, right? Yeah. Then we have the Adest- Adeptus Minisaurum, and they're in charge of shrine worlds. So these are these vast cathedral planets and places of worship. Uh, so those are those two branches. Then we go back to the Adeptus Terra, and they're in charge of the Adeptus Astronomicus, the Adeptus Astrotelepathica, the Adeptus Administorum, the Adeptus Arbites, and the Adeptus Custodes. So it's a yeah. lot. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to say Adeptus anymore. I'm just going to say what they're in charge of. Oh, okay. It's that one there. Good job. So there. yeah, we'll go through them all. Uh, so the Astronomicon, that's uh, the light. Yeah, the, beacon, the beacon, the light of the emperor. Um, so they, in order to get this to work, they sacrifice like a thousand souls to the emperor, and it lights it. And yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we have the the astra telepathica, which is uh, the whole astropath. So that's, that's our communication all those system. Astropathic the relays. Choir. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then we have the ministorum, which is in charge of like taxes running things like where day to day yeah where the military goes like stuff like that then you got uh the arbites which are the policing organization in the entire imperium so every planet will have uh uh a a castle on it or or a fortress on it with these arbites on it and these people just kind of make sure that like you're paying your taxes that there's no heresy um, they, they don't. Hey, is there any heresy any going heresy? on in here? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're the no, police. Sir. No, sir. <laughs> they're the police force. But like we were saying, like with government, each planet has its own set of laws. So on one planet, I don't know why my mind went here, but you could marry your sister, and that's fine. <laughs> I don't uh... have a sister, so it's fine. There's no thoughts of me wanting to marry my sister, but apparently there is. Um, where other planets, <laughs> that is not allowed. So the the Arbites are not in charge. They don't care about that stuff. They just care that you're paying your taxes and that you're not doing anything that's like... No heresy. Yeah, you're not harboring Xenos, like stuff like that. You're not worshipping demons and... Yeah. 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 Hmm. Um, Then you have the Adeptus Custodes, which is weird that they're under the Adeptus Terra to me. Because, like... Well, I mean, when you think about it, it's weird that, like... The Astartes are under the Administratum, who are under the Terra, Adeptus Terra, right? Like, well, it is interesting yeah. to see like where does your actual authority lie? Yeah. But in a in a in a galaxy as large as ours, like the Adeptus Astartes, they're allowed to make decisions without the permission of the Administratum. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like there is a, still, there's a like level the of admi- autonomy. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily mean like anything that anyone who's on. The seat of the Adeptus Terra says the Custodes have to listen no, to. No, I know. It's just, so. it's it's odd. To me, they would have been like... There has to be a flow, because you can't just go Highlands of Terra and then 30 different things. No, I know, I so. know. But, um, so... it's To me, I view it more as like, that's who they, if they have a report, that's who they send yeah, it to. Yeah, exactly. So, we'll go to the Astro... Oh, sorry, the Adeptus Administorum. Yeah, so because the Astronomicon, Telepathica, Arbites, and Custodes, it kind of ends right there. Yeah. That's like their own sections, and they don't worry about anything else. Yeah. But the Administratum, they worry about way more. Yeah. So they deal with the Imperial Guard, so anytime there's a crusade, they send who needs to be there, and they designate which, which like, Imperial Guard regiment needs to go there, and how many. They're also in charge of the Imperial Fleet, so same thing. 
Yeah, that was when the guard was split up between the f- the fleet and the guard, right? Yeah. So, yeah, and then the third branch that they're kind of loosely in charge of, which they more petition than are in charge of, is the Adeptus Astartes, so the Space Marines. So they more petition Space Marines to like come help us on this planet, right? Like as opposed to telling, like yeah. they do the Imperial Guard. Um, so they got a bunch of like underneath them as well so that's kind of their military their their three branches of the military they got their fleet which is like its own thing they got their guardsmen their imperial guard which are like basic foot soldiers but the guardsmen can be anything from a basic foot soldier to a genetically enhanced human like there can be a wide range of yeah it's it's really anything that's part of the military that isn't a space marine yeah and then you got your space marines um the adeptus administrarum astradium astanimanium is also in charge <laughs> Your of... voice slowly got quieter. <laughs> they're also in charge of any Imperial commander, so they're in charge of, like, planetary governors. Um, yeah, any kind of and, governing body. Yeah, the planetary governors still have to report to the Imperium. And then, beside them, you got the Assassinorum, which are assassins. And, uh, yeah, so if there's a planetary governor that's out of control, yeah. you send an assassin and kill him. Yes. They're worth their own episode. and you got rogue traders and rogue traders are pretty cool they're kind of like free agents that are sent across the galaxy to kind of just promote trade and like they're allowed to do basically whatever they want yeah the interesting thing about rogue traders is they have like if a rogue trader interacts with a xenos yeah it's not necessarily a bad thing no no like they trade technology with xenos yeah yeah which is weird because almost any other part of the imperium like Xenos is a no-go. Yeah. How is that allowed? Why did they justify that? Um, so the Emperor basically, like, realized that, like, Xenos do have something contrib- to contribute, but, like... Technology. Technology, mostly. But, but he doesn't want any of their thoughts or ideas. Yeah, and, like, he doesn't want the common citizen to be able to in- interact with them. So he has this separate organization that is allowed to kind of go to these far-out places and kind of do these dealings. and And, like... They could do anything from, like, trading to, like, spying on, like, uh, an empire, you know. Yeah, the rogue traders are cool because, are. like, even though they're so far down the list... They, they have, have ultimate freedom. Yeah, right? like, they have a lot of autonomy yeah. within this. Yeah. Whereas, like, uh, an imperial... And I guess everything has their autonomy. Like, yeah. the administratum doesn't dictate how the officio assassinorum is run. No. Right? They just it's get to just, provide targets. Yeah. And even, I'm sure, the assassinorum picks its own targets from time to time. Yeah. Right? And just, like, how they don't get to determine how the planets are run. Yeah. But when the planet has, like, an issue, like, they're going to go to the administratum. Yeah. Or if the planet isn't sending its taxes, the administratum is the one that's going to um, deal with them. Anyways, yeah. so that pretty much is, like, the... That's kind of how the Imperium kind of functions. Because mm-hmm. we, we toss around a lot of these terms, and yeah. you're like, what is that even? So now you kind of roughly... Now, now you know everything. Now you know everything <laughs> that we've mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> it it is a lot. Um, yeah. I don't know. You, you Like, the, the table we're looking at, you can always find. Like, it's a pretty easy search. Yeah. Yeah, on Google. Yeah. Um, okay, I, I, I really... I think we're good. Yeah, I think that pretty much sums up all of the Age of the Imperium Yeah. for us today. Any questions? Yeah, um, a bunch of Primarchs do resurface at the end of this, don't they? Yes. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, they, they do come back because a lot of like so the trade of Primarchs they all go into the Eye of Terra and they yeah. they are constantly like doing sieges and raids and crusades on mm-hmm. the Imperium. So they've always been around. Have you talked about which ones are the traitors? Exactly. Yes. You did. Yeah. That was yeah. Horus Heresy. Yeah. 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 Okay. And then also now, like, because a lot of the loyalists, they were either lost or they died. mysteriously disappeared. Or, or died. What? Yeah, a few died. I think there's only a couple that are actually guaranteed dead. Which ones are those? Um, Ferris Manus and Sanguinius. Mm. And Horus. And Horus. And Alpharius. Uh, he, he's not guaranteed, though. One of him is. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's really all. Okay. Yeah. 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 Like. Yeah. Rogel Dorn was literally like he was dead to everyone. Yeah. He was dead, right? Yeah. All they had was his hand, so it it's more than possible that he's alive. He probably is. Yeah. But he was dead for the longest time. Yeah. So. But yeah, so a bunch do come back eventually, but. Yeah, I mean, they're making that big, the big resurgence right now yeah. in current time. Right, for right. Uh, so for today, we're not actually going to do like a Tales from the Warp type deal. No, we're going to take a little time, tell you about our personal lives. What's going on with you, Eric? Tell me. Oh my gosh, so many things. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Thank you for asking. This, this is a horrible segment. It's <laughs> my favorite. It's what I really needed. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> no, I don't want to share all my personal issues with you guys, unless you really want to know. No, but we are going to share some of our personal hobbying and kind of just what we're up to in the hobby besides just podcasting and reading lore. Yeah. Um, so well, well, I want to mention two things before we get into like the main thing that we were going to talk about. Okay, go for it. Uh, thing one, I got my um, Acastus Knight Profarion last night. And it's pretty sweet. What is that? It's huge. It's just uh, the biggest knight variant that they made. So I did some electrical work for my brother, and then he he bought me that. It's oh, like, yes. Because like, awesome. it's one of those things where it's like, oh, man, I don't want to have to ask my wife for that money. <laughs> but if Grant buys it for me... What yeah. could possibly go wrong? Yeah, so I, I'm good at uh, money evasion with my wife, and I'm also getting pretty good at tax evasion, too. <laughs> nice. So, nice. so wow. how big is it, though? So um, I'd say it's about a foot... Wow. It, it's huge. Yeah. It, it's probably like four inches taller. Than- it, it's tall. So you know my big guy that I have, my warlord? It comes up to like his waist, wow, basically. Whereas but the other ones also, only come up to like the knee. Yeah. yeah. But it's also thick, too. Mm. So I was building it last night. It's pretty cool. How are you going to paint all of these things? Everything's painted except that one that what? I got yesterday. How do you do that? How do you find time the for The titan isn't done. The, the warlord titan's like 50% done. Yeah, yeah. But wow. I don't know. It's like, impressive. I don't know. I don't have much going on some days. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just you just pluck away at it and cool. Yeah. Uh, so that's the one thing I want to talk about. And yeah. then thing two, uh, which leads into thing three. Okay. <laughs> um, you so, gave me that look, like Eric. You know what's going on. Like, you know about my things, Mark. I, <laughs> I know about some of your things, not all of them. Um, so we we have a group and we. Uh, we do do a lot of like uh, pen and paper role playing games, and uh, I think we've mentioned it before. On yeah, especially when when Peter was oh when on, Peter was on future <laughs> yeah, which is, <laughs> hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we we do a bunch of like we've played Dungeons and Dragons and Pathfinder, and we've played Death Watch, and we've made our own games, and we've done all these different things. 
and we always talked about like oh it'd be sweet if we had like a touchscreen table and like you could move your guy and you had an awesome map and stuff so last weekend like i got this awesome touchscreen tv and i built a table and now we have this sweet touchscreen table to do all these rpgs on yeah, if you if you go look at our Facebook page, actually, I put a photo on where Mark and I were just doing some research. Yeah, uh, for an episode, and it's kind of in that photo. Like you can see it. Like yeah, maybe I'll I'll send some pictures. I don't know. Yeah. It I'll is watch. very impressive, though. It's it's awesome. Yeah, it's gonna be sweet for RPGs, which is the third thing we're gonna talk about. Yeah, and is, the main thing we're gonna talk about. Yeah, is role playing in 40k. Ugh. So I obviously want to be a, you know. A dark eldar and have things probed in me yeah mm, makes sense how how would you role play with roll me? for <laughs> actually <laughs> have you heard of fatal mark fatal roll for anal circumference oh my god <laughs> uh yeah so we're gonna talk about <laughs> we're not talking about fatal oh, sh- we are not talking about we're fatal. gonna talk about 40k role-playing games yeah uh we've done quite a few we've made our own and now we're thinking we're wanting to start up another one yes um, using the table. Using the table, using our imagination, Ooh. and maybe using miniatures. I don't know. We'll probably, I don't know. Let's, that's, that's a conversation. Like, so yeah, yeah. what, what type of role-playing game in 40k would you enjoy? Like, would you like to be a space marine? Would you like to do this? Like, would you like to Yeah, if you role- could role-play as a character. Yeah, like, what kind of setting would you enjoy? What would you play What as? kind of go around the table? I'd be a Tyranid. You'd be a Tyranid, eh? Really? You're just, like... But at that point, you're just a slave to... You're kidding. A slave yeah. to his gut. He's like, I'm starting to... I'm, I'm starting to begin my argument for why that's a terrible idea. Right? And he's just over there laughing at yeah. me. Yeah. Like, Eric, you're a fool. You fool. You wouldn't be a Tyranid. No. Okay. So like, what would you be? Oh, um... Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to think about that because you just posed the question to me. Okay, well, yeah. we'll go around, yeah, yeah. Eric. I'm pretty... So, in, in a casual setting, you could be anything you want to yeah. be. What would you be? Um, I, I think humans actually have the most draw because they're the easiest for me to relate to. And, yeah. like, the... Because you're a human. <laughs> <laughs> debatable. <laughs> but for me, what so makes RPGs the most fun when you roleplay is the flaws within the character. Yeah. Like, if you have a character who you say is, like, super afraid of spiders... Like, you get super afraid of it. Right. Like, so when... when So say the GM says, like, you're fighting, like, a three-foot-tall spider. Like, what the most fun I have is I will not participate in that combat. And I will... Even though it screws everyone even, yeah, over. Yeah. Especially that it screws yeah, everyone over. Because exactly. he's bringing it in for that reason. Yeah. You're sticking true to your character. Exactly. And that's so, that's the most fun part to me. Because the yeah. human is the easiest to understand what their flaws are. Yeah. And how it interacts. Yeah. Uh, so just last weekend, we were doing, like, a Lord of the Rings RPG. And actually, all of us are in it, yeah. even though Jordan hasn't participated in how many months now? <laughs> like one. But anyways, yeah. So uh, not to not to rag on Jordan. We used a table for the first time, and it was sweet. So uh, Peter's like, "You're fighting this," and he'd like put an image up on the big screen, and we were like fighting spiders, and that's what made me think about it. But he put like a giant spider up on the screen. Were we really? Oh, we were fighting spiders. Yeah, and it was just like, <laughs> like everyone knows what a spider looks like, but it's sweet when you actually see like, yeah, yeah. There it was, just, it was a cool representation of like yeah. this is. The or like one. you were being like 
uh, you were hunting like a shade, and then he toss up like a picture of a shade. It wasn't a shade, it was a beautiful elf ghost. <laughs> <laughs> that you wanted to bang. No, uh, I was just, that's not what it's about, Mark. But, uh, yeah, so you would you would do something human. I would. I Like, okay, now we've done Death Watch before. Yeah. And we've done another one where we were space marines. Yeah. I would not willingly ever do a Space Marine chapter ever again. No, no. And like, for- so what? Why not? Okay. So as great as being a Space Marine is, and how you're like the ultimate warrior, and you have like the coolest backstory ever, they are so rigid, and like a Space Marine's flaws mm-hmm. aren't nearly as pronounced as a human yeah like it's it's not okay for a space marine to throw a fit and have a tantrum yeah like that that just wouldn't happen in real life yeah right unless you're playing chaos and playing evil is a completely different story which we did talk about for a bit too we did. potentially doing which would be neat being a bunch of chaos space marines <laughs> that could be fun yeah but you know it's just going to turn into a who's the eviler competition which could be fun for a very brief campaign. For a very brief campaign. Yeah, like, yeah, but I wouldn't Evil do... is fun and it's in a season or whatever that. So <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, the Space Marines are just too rigid. There's not, yeah, a, there's not enough flaws in yeah. them to have fun with your character. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. What would you play? Uh, I really like Crute. <laughs> I just... <laughs> Ah. Just going around eating everyone. <laughs> I don't know, just talking like a stupid bird creature. <laughs> I don't know. They just like I just like them. Like, yeah, I think they're neat. Well, it's not the first time you've even mentioned that you would do crude. No, like, like years ago. Oh yeah, like the the reason I've never done one yet is because yeah, we've always either done like a forty k or sorry, uh, a space marine RPG, or. Um, I think that's the only ones we've ever done. Really? That's about it. Or we've done, like... I played an Inquisitor once. Yeah, we've done a, top, a couple, like, tabletop RPG hybrids, but, like, they're not true role-playing. It's more like... Yeah, it's... Here's your army with a, a little twist to it. Yeah, yeah. But even, anyway. the, even playing an Inquisitor for me, like, even though I was human, it wasn't that fun. No, because then the Inquisitor kind of has, like... Like, he has all... to stay true to something. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. The flaws are the flaws still aren't that great. Like he he can't really like he can struggle with heresy, but yeah. he can't really ever fall to yeah. heresy. Yeah. I mean, you, you could, but it just wouldn't be that fun to play. I, I don't know. Yeah. It's... Like when you fall in forty k, you fall hard. Yeah. So, um, real go, and then I got another one. I think a uh, rogue trader would be pretty fun because you're you're not even though you're still under the imperium, you're not necessarily following the the codex you know yeah. the starties so as a setting that would definitely give you the most leeway because then you can have like an eldar member working for the rogue trader mm-hmm. yeah you know you can go anywhere you want you can do anything yeah and you can kind of interact with a lot of the other races in a way that a space marine could right. never or yeah. even just like a regular common citizen yeah could, exactly yeah know. exactly like but. a common citizen could never like invite an eldar in for tea yeah, yeah. like he would die yeah like, the Death Watch is going to come and kill you. Yeah. So, as a setting, you would you would you would want to would you want to be a rogue trader or are you just like that setting? Like, if you were playing in a rogue trader setting, what yeah. race would you I, be? Oh, like, wait, can you be a different race within like a rogue trader? Well, sure. Like, yeah, yeah, if, like if Mark was the rogue like, trader, like so, yeah, a rogue trader is like a noble family. Yeah. 
and then he has a bunch of agents for him, and his oh, yeah, agents yeah. can be like he has Eldar agent, he has his own military branch, right. and whatever. So, yeah, that's why. It, yeah, so it would be cool in that way because you could play another race, and it yeah. wouldn't be. Yeah, and it wouldn't be a big deal at yeah. all. Yeah. So I, what would you I play? Like I don't know. I I'm always drawn to the Eldar. I think they're just so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, the, the Eldar is kind of cool because the flaws within it, like you can constantly struggle with your path. Mm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, if your path is, like, one way, the GM can throw another one at you, and all of a sudden you're like, is this my path? Like, do I yeah. follow it, or do and I And also, like, it? Eldar experience motion so much more deeply, too. Yeah. So even, like, the minor upset can be a huge fucking thing yeah. to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, exactly. So would you, do you know enough about it? Would you be a craft world, or an Exodite, or a Dark Eldar? I, from, just from what I know about it, I think I'd like to be a Dark Eldar, just because it'd, it'd be really interesting. It would be. It's. I feel like no. The coolest thing about the Dark Elder, and I agree with you on the thing, is that you would constantly have to suck the souls out of other people. (laughs) Yeah, it would be it would be an awesome character to play, but it wouldn't be the most practical. No one would like you. That's true. I'd have to I'd have to read more into it. I think to actually make a decision. Yeah. The other thing I I think would be fun would would be. this could even be within a rogue trader. I don't know, but like being a mutant or an abhuman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ogryn like, or a yeah. squat. And you, because you could kind of even like think about, you know, what kind of um, mutation do you have? Like, yeah, you could make up your own. Yeah, like the, the warp affects everyone differently. Yeah, so. or or on a world, you know, and uh, full of like mutants of some some kind. Like I don't know, it'd yeah. be interesting. But that would be one because like everyone would hate you, but it's like. It's not like they would hate a Dark Elder. Like, you're not actively doing anything evil. Right. But people kind of have that natural tendency to dislike Right. It creates some interesting party it would. dynamic. Yeah. Uh, Jordan, have you thought of one yet? <laughs> um, well, yes, I have. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> um, I think it'd be kind of cool to play uh, an orc in, yeah. in an RPG. Yeah, uh, just because they would obviously bring a very different dynamic than yeah. than most other civilized races, right? Yeah, so. yeah. That that once again, it could work depending on the player. Like, yeah. it would be sweet, like if you had an orc that was more level headed and not just trying to smash things. Yeah. But he's still very much an orc and just wanted to smash things. Yeah, yeah. But it could get carried away awfully quick. <laughs> yeah. But I agree. Yeah, yeah. That would be like just imagine the interactions between an orc and an Eldar. Yeah, working yeah, yeah. for a human <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know like that would be awesome like yeah, that'd, that'd be, be yeah. so sweet that'd be really cool well the other one i was thinking too might be kind of interesting would be like a harlequin or something that yeah. would oh i never even considered that actually yeah, as like a well, character what else there. would peter play <laughs> a sexy clown <laughs> yeah. yeah oh yeah yeah that would but, be kind of cool too yeah because that could yeah bring they, they could add to like the story of the of the game i think Re- yeah. really anyone that has their own goal yeah. within it like with a separate backstory if when they play their character correctly like it adds so much like it enriches like the environment for everyone else because yeah. if the harlequin is there and he's like all i care about is spreading my story and he's like every place we go to like i'm going to share the story of the eldar yeah right and then like the orc would be like no i just want to break people's mouths open and steal their teeth <laughs> <laughs> cuz we when we were talking about it yeah. we were like what if like an orc 
Like all he cared about was becoming rich. Oh yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And so I had the image in my head of this orc just going around punching everybody in the mouth <laughs> and then like not caring that he hurt them, he would just be like, ah, I collected some teeth. Yeah. And he just and he's goes going and puts around them in the bag. like the biggest teeth he can find. Yeah, like that that's all he does. Yeah. Is yeah. he just trying to get rich. Yeah. yeah. To him. Rich to him. Yeah, exactly. Because like the Imper- he like tries to go buy something from the Imperium. It's like I got these teeth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. them teeth. <laughs> Give me the gun. <laughs> Give me like, the big gun. But the human would just be horrified at this bloody mess of teeth. <laughs> yeah, in <laughs> his like, hand. Oh my and there's like a tyrannid like fang on top or yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah, like because he would kill the monsters yeah. only for their teeth. Yeah. Yeah, an orc would definitely be pretty amusing to play. Yeah, I just think like right. in an RPG setting because it's some story driven you'd kind of want those kind of characters that are yeah. more interesting you know exactly but, yeah yeah and, and when we do rpgs we normally focus more on like characters and stuff as opposed to like oh let's go get this epic sword like right we're not just raiding dungeons we 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 do more heavily on the role playing for yeah. sure yeah i mean there was a time when we played pathfinder where we we like min maxed yeah well the we had one guy who did and then he was doing so much damage, so then everyone, everyone had to, else had like, to min-max. Or else you feel completely useless exactly. in, in the combat setting of the game. Yeah. So that's another thing is is when you play the RPG, what is the focus of the RPG on? Is it on the story itself? Yeah. Or is it on the collection of wealth or items? Yeah. Is it on the combat that you do? Yeah. Yeah, there are different ways to do it. But yeah, I think we usually t- tend to go towards the narrative. Oh, we definitely, yeah especially after the pathfinder right because you just you can get so with the way they play their game you can get so bogged down in a combat so technically this combat's only supposed to last 40 seconds but you just spent three hours yeah and yeah and you spend three hours on this like 40 second combat it removes you from the story aspect and the whole point of role playing your character yeah yeah And, and even like combat too so like a regular human like running into a combat like it's so easy to like not care about your your character's well being and just like oh yeah I'm just gonna run into that big cave troll yeah because you dissociate yourself from it yeah mm-hmm. and it just it does kind of take away from the story elements because you're yeah yeah like when I play my character like I want to be as fearful of the monsters as my character is yeah so um I don't remember what we fought last in Lord of the Rings spider oh spider, it was the yeah. spider yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, no, that's right. Um, so the the elf maiden, she like took me to her corpse and I touched it and there were spiders everywhere. Yeah. And then for two solid turns of combat, I was like, well, I'm too busy uh, rolling and killing all the spiders yeah, that I are on me. Yeah, I did appreciate that actually. Yeah, yeah. like someone, someone else might just be like, I brush the spiders off, I get up and I start shooting yeah, my bow. Yeah, they might not <laughs> even brush the spiders off. Yeah. Right, because the spiders technically didn't do anything to me. Yeah. Like Peter, our DM, was just yeah. like, there's spiders all over you now. Yeah. So like, in my character, like, what would I do if I was in that scenario? I'm not going to ignore yeah. these spiders. Like, yeah. you got to deal gonna, with like, them. You're not going to, like, aim your bow with, like, spiders crawling into your nostrils. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. And so that was, like, the whole thing is how true to your character are you going to be? And yeah. even in combat, like, I hurt the group because of that. Mark did a way worse one, though. Oh, I've done many bad he things. He did, okay. I've done many horrible so things was, to groups. There was one, there was, like, it was, like, one of our first games, I think, we played in this, where uh, we were underground, a bunch of marsh walkers, and we could have left. Could have left. We could have left. We we could have cut our losses and walked out of this dungeon. We we had the dwarves we were sent there to save. And he literally opens this door 
sees this gr- like this group of hundreds of marsh walkers and is like, no, I got to deal with this right now. A single so, dwarf. In his defense, I was playing to my character, though. You were. Because uh, you were. my character is very honorable, but he's had a, a past of failures. And, like, he, the failures keep stacking up on him. And, like, they're not his fault that they have. Well, some are, some aren't. But like it just—he seems like he was born under a bad star. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and just kind of shit goes bad around him, and he he tries to do the best all he can, and he meets people, and they don't recognize like what he's done, and like it just pushes him further and further into madness of like I'm madness. trying to do the right thing, like yeah. I need to deal with these marsh walkers for yeah. like. Even yeah. though everyone else is like, leave, just yeah. go away, yeah. so and I he's always... like, he's like, we're staying here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. Yeah, that was but those those are the best moments. Yeah, when you can have a character who has an established backstory with flaws. Yeah, and with flaws. That's why I think when we're th- um, thinking of role playing within 40k universe, it's I think it's important to pick uh, kind of a scenario which gives you autonomy. Yeah. So that yeah, you like can like you said, with like the, if you're a space marine, you don't really. Yeah, you can't. Like just... you go where your chapter tells you, and that's really it. Yeah. yeah. And because a space marine, like. They view people who aren't space marines as beneath them. Yeah. So, like a space marine's interaction with a human, the space marine sees them, you as like a dog. It's, yeah, it's yeah. not a conversation. It's like it's one sided. Like yeah, the space yeah. marine tells you listen. Like or, Tyranids too. Right. It's like yeah. A hive mind. They yeah. don't really. They can't make any yeah. decisions in the game. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. basically just a board game at that point. Yeah. yeah, it's just a strategy game. So, yeah. But what I was thinking was interesting, if you were to do a scenario where you had a bunch of different species playing all at once, what happens if you have a rogue trader and he's got an Eldar and an Orc and an Ogryn and a couple of humans? And a Kroot. And a Kroot. <laughs> and then you throw in a Space Marine in there. Then it could be fun. Right, because then the Space Marine gets to be true to himself, but his interactions then, he's not like the majority. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, you don't got five characters that are all identical. Right, because mm. the Space Marine is identical. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, they're so their limited. Their ideology. Yeah, yeah, they're so limited in what they can pick Is it between. ideology or ideology? Or ideology <laughs> or ideology. No, like because I hear a bunch of people say ideology all it the time. Be, really? I think e- all ideology. I hear is ideology. It might be like just. Uh, I've heard both, but yeah. it's the same word. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Um, the other character I was thinking maybe doing would to be a Tau scientist, but he's like a renegade scientist, and he's just like constantly doing weird experiments. <laughs> and, like, on for, on what? No, just, like, constantly making, like, weird new guns or, like... Okay. Like, I'm gonna take this plant, and, like, he needs that plant for, like, some... Like, it couldn't even... It doesn't even have to be, like, nefarious. It could just be, like, I need this plant so I can make the best tea the Tao Empire has ever had. (laughs) You know, just, like, ridiculous things, and he's, like, a very quirky, like, Like, his brain is just running a mile a minute. Yeah, yeah. And I think that'd be kind of funny, Yeah, that'd be a cool scenario. Yeah, Yeah. because... uh, and it's just he's so you could just be picking up anything for anything exactly and like I need that like (laughs) the orc wakes up and the Tau scientist is staring at you with a gas mask on his face with a notepad in his hand and the orc freaks out and the Tau goes it's for science (laughs) right like falls unconscious right exactly like Like, there there could be some really missing limb and like this like weird like potato cannon on his arm right like there could there could be some fun interactions with that one Yeah. yeah Uh, the next best one I think would be to play is 
it's still a human. But whereas, like, my first my first choice is never going to be uh, tainted by chaos. Yeah. My my next choice would be tainted by chaos, but involuntarily. Yeah. So uh, when I played World of Warcraft, mm-hmm. I had, like, a backstory for most of my characters. Okay. Um, now, my warlock, he was what I considered, like, my coolest backstory. Not my best one, but my coolest one. Okay. Because his story was that when he was a very, very young child... Um, his parents were planning on sacrificing him to the Burning Legion in order to uh, start a demon um, incursion into Stormwind. Yeah. So, like, in Stormwind, there's a little room. It, like, there's actually a room you can go into, and I said, this is where it happened. <laughs> and so he was a little little kid. And you took people there? Yeah, I did. I was showing <laughs> them around. Um, but anyways, so he's... <clears throat> he's like 14 or something when everything starts to like really happen. Yeah. But what happens is the demon starts to enter his body, like to take over, but the, um, uh, like whatever, someone stops them. I can't remember their exact name right now, but the, he gets stopped, whatever. And he, he gets free. Like his yeah. parents die. Everyone dies. He's his own man now. But what happens is that because of the taint on his body, like, he has that connection to the demonic world. Ah. Like, but it's not of his own choice, and yeah, he hates yeah. it. Yeah. But what does he do? Like, he uses it to his benefit. And tries so, to do something good with it. Exactly. So that's kind of thinking yeah. how I'd play my chaos character is that, like, maybe his mom, while he was in the womb, his mom was participating in, like, a demonic, like, uh, ritual or something. As and all a, mothers do. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it kind of, like, seeps into him as he's, like, in the womb. And so yeah. he's born. And he's always had this thing, like, nagging on the back of his his mind. Like, yeah. And s- every now and again, it kind of something. Gets yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. So I think that would be a really cool character to play. Because it's not his, it's not his fault. Yeah. And it's Cause, nothing Because that's major. another thing you can't do. You can't actively do... A chaos guy, unless no. everyone's doing chaos, yeah, right? Because as yeah. soon as you're chaos, a bull, a bullet's in your head. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That'd be interesting because it'd create tension too, especially if you're trying to fight it. Exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. the whole thing is, he is a like he kind of understands what it is, but he's terrified of it. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want anyone to know, right? But at some point, you spend enough time with someone, they'll realize what's going on. So yeah. I think it creates some interesting dynamics within internally with himself, but also with the group. Because yeah. chaos is no joke, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's yeah. a stamp out real quick. Yeah. Any other cool character ideas? Um, for a human, I think a cool one would be... Um, <clears throat> and this is kind of coming from you, like with Jacaranda. Okay, like, yeah. I think it would be really cool to be on a medieval world uh, or like a really backwater planet that doesn't even have like electricity. Yeah. Right? And then all of a sudden the star gods come and you are transported uh, into a brand, like you're thrown forward thousands of years in technology yeah. mm. into like a brand new universe. And everything to you is new and you don't understand yeah. anything. Yeah. And yeah. science is indistinguishable from magic. Yeah. And so everything, like, I think it would be kind of cool to play a character that doesn't understand anything. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, I would like it as long as he's an older guy. I would hate it. Like, your Lord of the Rings character right now that you yeah. play? I don't like him at all. <laughs> I hate him. Because, like, he's just this young guy and everything's new and fresh. And he's just like, oh, wow, wow. <laughs> well, like, if it was an older guy, he'd be more grizzled. And it almost, it wouldn't be like, oh, wow. You know, it would yeah. be a little different. Yeah, it would, it would be more like, um, 
perturbed. Oh, wow. No, it, it, it would be like I don't understand. It would more. It would be a frustration level at that. Yeah, point. yeah. As, as, Whereas, as like, what, opposed to just like this happy yeah, wonderment. Right now, like yeah. my character, uh, he's like naive, and everything is full of wonderment. Yeah. Right. Whereas the grizzled guy, like a veteran, like fifty years old, all of a sudden he gets taken to the stars. He doesn't understand anything, mm-hmm. but he gets angry, mm-hmm. and he would get frustrated yeah. because he can't interact. Like I would like to play with that character more. Like. Yeah. Side by side, I wouldn't like to play as him. Yeah. yeah. But like, yeah. It yeah. Just like, wouldn't, it wouldn't irk me so much. Is all I'm saying. I think Eric could play that character. So, yeah. really but well, but though. it's a good character. Like even your Lord of the Rings character. Like I hate him, but that <laughs> but that's just like because it's such a good character and he stays so true to like. Yeah, he's who annoying he is. because of how inexperienced and young he is and stuff yeah. like that. Like like he's he's part of your group and you don't like him. Like he's he's obsessed with the elf in our group. Like he's absolutely insane because he's 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 never spent so much time with the elf. No, honestly, that's why he woke up the cave troll by accident is on the boat, right? <laughs> yeah, there was a time where yeah. I I was controlling the boat and and the elf was there and the elf was a boater, so I was really trying to impress the elf oh, by showing yeah, off yeah. my moves. So there's a time where I was trying to execute this maneuver around a rock, and I accidentally hit the rock because I'm not that good. And it was a cave troll. <laughs> and I woke up a cave troll. Because yeah. I was trying to show off. A sleeping yeah. cave troll in a river. Yeah. Oh, man. That was terrifying. But, uh... Yeah. Um, any other characters? Anyone has a cool idea? So, let's talk about different settings. Because we got the Rogue Trader. That would be the simplest, easiest, most inclusive mm. setting. Where everyone... You can do anything. You can be anyone. And life goes on. Well, I really think that it depends on the scale you want to play on. Well, that's a good question. Are you playing like... Well, and this is the point of this question. Yeah. Are you doing a planetary? Are you doing even a continent? Are you doing or a city. Even a city? Yeah, or yeah. are you doing a galaxy-wide? Right. As soon as you have the ability to get off-planet and you have your own spaceship, like, the world opens up for sure. Yeah. But it makes the game very... In my opinion, like because it's so difficult to think of all like a million different planets and they all have their own intricacies yeah. if it's not pre-prepared it yeah. turns into a very bland world yeah. very quickly yeah I can see that happening unless you just got some amazing GM yeah unless your GM is just a god which we should put an ad out for GG440K GM <laughs> yeah. we sh- probably should we- okay after we'll do this Okay. <laughs> or um, if you're listening and you want a GM and you live in Calgary. Right. <laughs> what would be the other key? Yes. Oh, oh, Skyping, and, and, Skyping and another, wouldn't be the worst problem. No, it wouldn't, I suppose. But yeah. another another thing is you can't be my mother. Right. <laughs> Kathy, you're not allowed. So. Um, so I know for me, if I could do one setting in 40K that I really just want to explore more and role play in, it would be with, let's guess, everyone. <laughs> Mark, is it... Is it the Imperial Guard? God no. <laughs> uh, Imperial Knights. Like I just, I just love their lore so much, and just like the whole. There's a peasant just tilling a field with a hoe, a farming tool, not right. Not, yeah, not yeah, a, yeah, not yeah. a wench, because that's what they call hoes, and in, in that right. Um, yeah, and then just in the background, there's this huge, striding, fifty foot tall robot that, like, that peasant has no idea right. what it is. But it's it but works. it's part of the scenery. Yeah, right. Like, like he's used to it, but he yeah. doesn't know what it is. Yeah, and yeah. how it works. And I just I love that idea. And uh, it's the mix of fantasy in the future. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
And, uh, like, I, I have a whole Imperial Knight backstory. I have, like, 10,000-word, like, backstory on them. And I'd love to play in that setting and, like, actually have what happens in our RPG contribute to my backstory. So it's not mm-hmm. just me writing stuff. It's it's a group yeah. effort of changing the lore. Yeah, and the dice rolls would matter and affect mm-hmm. things. Yeah, exactly. So. And, like... That, yeah. It's kind of cool because it kind of removes it from your power. Yeah. So when we were first talking about this, we're, our, our biggest issue always is the GM. It is, yeah. It's the hardest person to find. Yeah. And So uh, Mark was like, well, you know, would he do it? Would I do it? And I was like, well, Mark, if you give me freedom over Jacaranda. Which is my Imperial Knight house. Yeah, that's like his house, the Jacaranda. So I was like, would you let me do that? And for some reason, he thought I was saying Jokero. Well, because I don't know how to say words, so like... <laughs> So yeah, we, he you thought we were I was talking about Chocopodos like is what I call them. I don't Chupacabra. know. I, I don't know what they're called, but But you thought I was I was talking about the space chimps. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, sure you can do whatever you want with them. So Why I would heard I that, care? And I was like, "Oh my gosh, like he just gave me freedom to royally mess <laughs> with the jacaranda." Which honestly, I would I would let you do stuff to it. Like I would let you do what horrible kind of things. Stuff? <laughs> horrible dark things that should only be done in your mother's basement. <laughs> Oh um, man, yeah. No, that that would be a good one to play. I think. Yeah, I, I like that would be a good one because yeah. there's feral orcs on that planet too, right? Feral orcs, and then there's also dark, dark mechanic yeah. um, implement. There's like when when you write a story too, you got to think like like what are the flaws? Like you go, you can't just write this awesome noble bright thing that a lot of people when they write space marine chapters fall into where it's like they're the best at this and they have no flaws but you need flaws you need intrigue for Mm. a good story so when i wrote like my backstory i put a lot of these things into the backstory where they're not the biggest they're not the strongest or you know just different things which really opens up a lot of cool role-playing elements yeah it does really like 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 now in in 40k i'm gonna say one more thing about house jacaranda and then that's all um with that warp rift that ripped the galaxy in half the planet uh is on a rotation of where it's three years out of the warp and then its rotation takes it into that warp storm and for one year the entire planet just goes fucking mad like chaos demons are swarming and everyone's just losing their mind then they rotate out and they got three years to prepare to prepare for the next time yeah and it's just like this awesome plot it is thing where it's just yeah it it adds to it. It gives it character. It's like it's not just like yeah, we go to every planet and we conquer it. You know, it's right. They're fighting for their life, and like yeah. their planet might get destroyed one of these rotations. Yeah, it's like how long can they really last yeah. now that this has happened? Yeah, so it, it is pretty cool. It, it'd be a cool world to play, and I like the juxtaposition of the current reality plus a farmer. Mm-hmm. Like I like right? that. Like, yeah. yeah. It's really cool. It adds like a martial aspect to it, which yeah. I, which we've always liked. Yeah. So, mm. yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I I really think like the best is playing like. If I was gonna GM, I would keep it on a planet. I don't think I yeah. could I could easily do. Or if they ever go off planet, at the very least, you're staying within your star system. Like and, you're and, going to the moon, maybe. And you, the, as the GM, are uh, dictating where they're exactly. going, so you can have. Uh, already plans made up so they're not just like I want to go to the nearest agri world and you're like uh, okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you want I guess no yeah, yeah. like that yeah. just for simplicity's sake yeah really sure. um, I like planet the best really I would want to do uh, what are the planets called where it's just covered is it a hive hive planet 
where they're covered in like cities. It's just one massive city, yeah. and it's just a disgusting city. Hive worlds, yeah. yeah, hive worlds, like. Yeah. That would be cool. Because yeah. in there's, like, you'd have your gangs and your cults yeah. and all your different, um, like, you'd have... There wouldn't be a lot of aliens there. No. There could... You could always throw in Gene Steeler cults. Ooh. But, uh, well, you never, like, right? Good, yeah. 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 Uh, but there would be lots of probably different, like, ab humans, like, yeah. living in, like, the sewers and everything. So it would be a very gritty, yeah. disgusting world to play in. <laughs> yeah. But, I like, to me, I could have a lot of fun there. Yeah. Lots of fun. Oh, I think I think so. With a bunch of mutants. Yeah. 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 I think it'd be, it be good interaction. You should look into uh, Necromunda. Necromunda. Like uh, the game that yeah. they're coming coming out with. Well, just had a malfunction. Malfunction on our noise paneling side. Uh, so real. If you could play in one setting, would it be Rogue Trader for sure? Or if there could be something... Like, would you even do, like, an all-Eldar campaign? I would. I would definitely have to learn more about them to yeah. do that. But I I definitely like their, their lore enough to do one, for yeah. sure. Um, but, yeah, I think Rogue, Rogue Trader would maybe be my first choice. Um, just because there's so many possi- possibilities within that. Yeah. So many possibilities, but with having the Rogue Trader... Uh, the rogue trader can still give it structure and direction. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I also like your your thought of being on a single planet. I think that would be a a good way to do it. Um, What about, uh, what do they call them? Crap, the name's escaping me. I think the, uh, those, like, planet ships at the Eldar. Craft Craft worlds. Craft worlds, yeah. Mm. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool to do something on a craft world. I don't know what you could do. It could be, like, just because it would be so different if everyone is an Eldar. Oh, like, yeah. It, that yeah. could have its own interesting yeah. dynamic. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think you could have really big personalities, too, with Eldar. Exactly. Just because they're so emotional, but as you would, said you, before. Yeah, yeah, and you would also have those who are, like, very reserved and right. withdrawn. So you, you yeah. could get a decent amount of variety yeah. within yeah. the Eldar. What about this one? orc freebooter campaign so you got your orc captain and they're basically pirates and they just roam the galaxy like oh, doing yeah. pirate yeah. things but you, every player is an orc <laughs> and just imagine the chaos because it's like okay yeah so you're all beating the shit out of each other but it's not like it's not gonna have any permanent effect on your character no. you know like you can get into fist fights and everyone just laughs it laughs it off like yeah it'd be fun for a little bit but it I would think be you'd have to bit. be like an intelligent enough of an orc to do anything you know or yeah. like your cool. wog like well freebooters are usually a little more like independent independent and a little more adventurous and a little more intelligent but mm. like yeah it would be fun for a while and then it could either like just end horribly yeah or the novelty would just wear off the, yeah the number one thing I, I see that happens consistently is the lack of consequences within the game yeah. Mm. So, say like you go meet a, a planetary governor, and he's like, "Well, like you owe me taxes, like you owe this amount of gold." And say a character is just like, "Nope," and like walks away. Yeah. Is the GM taxation is theft? <laughs> 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 like, does the GM kill the character? Yeah, that's like, the reality. Yeah, that is. But there is that fine line where is that? Just, that's you just not need fun. to rip off somebody's jaw to teach them a lesson. Right. And so that's like the whole. <laughs> Uh, like, cause we have played with people who literally just 
refuse to participate within the reality of the game. Yeah. yeah. And all they choose to do is like, I min max my character, I make them as powerful as possible, I have my own goals, and that's all I care about. Mm. Screw everyone else. The GM isn't actually gonna kill me. Yeah. And, and I'm just gonna kill the other players. Like, right, exactly. And and I'm pretty sure like I've killed a character because I got so fed up with how he was acting <laughs> when I was a GM. Oh, okay. Like when I was a GM, I'm pretty sure there was someone we played with who I was just so sick and tired of dealing with them. I killed their character because they deserved it. Yeah, I'm trying to think who or what that would have been, but yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and that's the one crazy thing about 40k too is like every 40k game we do, like when we did like Death Watch or we did a Space Marine game, everyone had multiple characters because it's like well, you died all the time. You died. Yeah. yeah. 40k is grim and dark. Where like when we're doing Lord of the Rings, I can feel fully confident that my dwarf is never gonna die. Right. As Unless long as I dictate it to be so. Well, I don't know if you go and wake up a Balrog. No, like, it, it, yeah. Within Excluding reason. Excluding anything, like, yeah. if I go walk into Mordor, yes, I'm going to get killed. Yeah, yeah, within reason, yeah, like, you like, can feel pretty confident. Like your character wouldn't do that either. No, She's but, but like, if, if a cave troll got a lucky hit on me, I don't think I, I don't think Peter would kill no, me. No, he'd hadn't have got it. Exactly. Where, in 40k, when that happens, it's like, sorry, man, yep, you're dead. Yeah, yeah, like, there's no coming back from what just happened. I like that, though. Yeah, no, it, it adds that. an element, because it adds to that there's consequence to your actions. Exactly, like, yeah. You're not just running into that mob of orcs trying to kill them all. Yeah. You're like, there has to be some kind of reality to it, because if, you, if you're just like, oh, it's a game, and I just want to beat the game, like, that's that's not the way to play the RPG. Yeah. Like, it is a way, but yeah. it, out of... And we've been doing this for years. Yeah. So out of all the games I've ever seen, if all you're playing is just to beat the game, mm-hmm. you're not going to have as much fun as you could. Yeah. You can have some amount of fun, but then you're like, okay, well, I beat this one, and then the GM is just going to say, now you're really powerful. What do you want to do? Yeah. Now you have to fight this more um, powerful yeah, thing. Exactly. Yeah. So it gets boring really quickly until you start developing the flaws within yeah. your character. Yeah. Um, so, are we good on settings? I got another little conversation okay, topic. Okay, go for it. If we're done on settings. I, I'm good. The only one I, I I thought of maybe would be uh, the Explorator. The so like Mechanicum. So, yeah, working for, like, a Mechanicum fleet and, yeah. like, treasure hunting almost. Even. Yeah, kind of, like, at the edges of the galaxy. That could, oh, yeah, yeah, because then you can go to, like, all these different crazy, like, Xenos worlds. Yeah. Even, like, hunt for technology or, like, just hunt for knowledge even. yeah. Yeah. That could be fun, too. And, and the nice thing about that, too, is your character could be, um, like, survivable enough where you could go to all these places, like, because you're made mm-hmm. out of, like, all these bionic parts and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the other crazy thing, too, is, like, a lot of these Mechanicum characters have these crazy quirks to them. Like, yeah. it's, like, flaws in their software. Yeah, and, so like, programming. Would, yeah, so you could be super durable, like a Space Marine, but you could have all these, like, weird quirk, yeah. quirks and yeah. stuff to your character. Which could give the autonomy, you know. Yeah, exactly. Play, play yeah. an interesting character. Ex- yeah, that would be kind of cool as a character. Yeah. And then you just, for some reason, get wrapped up in, like, a rogue trader thing that's happening yeah, at exactly. the moment. Yeah. And you're so far away from the Imperium that they can't really dictate to you that yeah. much yeah, yeah. if you decided to do something, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that would be fun. So the final little part we'll talk about is just rules. Okay. <laughs> um, so, like, 40K has a couple, like, official RPGs. Like, they have Black Crusade, where you play as Chaos Space Marines. you got Death Watch, where you play as Astartes. you got uh, Only War, where you're playing as Imperial Guards. you got Dark Heresy, where you're playing as Inquisitors. 
and you got Rogue Trader where you're playing in like Rogue Trader. Um, and those are like they're a pretty in depth, uh, in depth rule set where there's a lot of dice crunching and you gotta do a lot of addition and. We've played a bunch of different styles of games and a bunch of different things. And yeah, those games can be fun for a while, but yeah. eventually it gets tedious. What it seems that the most success we've ever had is less dice yeah. and more story. Yeah, like mm-hmm. the funnest one to me that we've done is the Star Wars RPG. Um, and yeah, the storyline was pretty cool, but the rule set, it just was so simple. It, it was very thematic. Yeah. You know, like in... in in, I remember in Pathfinder, there's like a hardness for like a stone door versus a metal door oh, versus yeah. a wooden yeah, door, and, it's like, and it's like, this open? okay, my mm. weapon has a specific hardness that mm. I attack it with the weapon, and I compare the hardnesses, uh, but the thickness of the door matters, and then yeah. my strength matters in it. So, which it, that can be cool if you got like a group of dedicated people with that is their hobby. Yeah, and they like, knew every single rule, and you didn't have to reference the book. Yeah, all the it's time. a lot of work though. I think I spent like maybe literally over 40 hours building my spreadsheet for Pathfinder. Oof. Yeah. Wild. And that was, yeah, that was doing research and then um, putting in, you know, the different, uh, you know, numbers and stuff yeah, into the spreadsheet. And, and then formulas, exactly. So. Yeah. A lot of work. Yeah. Which, it can be fun. It has its place. It has its place. But I think we all tend to lean towards that less rule set. Yeah. So I think the RPG, when we do do one, we're not set on a setting yet. We're not set on characters. We're not set on a GM. We're not set <laughs> we, on players. We've got nothing. We've got nothing. Other ex- than a pipe dream. Except for a pipe dream. And well, a table. And a table. And an awesome table. <laughs> a great table. But we, we were thinking of doing... Like, we've done our own RPG rules before. And we were thinking... Multiple times. Multiple times. Yeah. We were going to implement the Imperial Knight Renegade game, where you're fighting knights and you have, like actions that you can do and like everyone kind of plays at the same time which is nice so we're going to take that system and we're going to tweak it a bit and add different elements but the core of the combat would be that because another downside to playing rpgs is uh it's my turn i spend five minutes i cast a spell and i move here then i wait half hour for everybody else to do it yeah then i wait five minutes where this imperial knight Renegade, the way it works is everyone interacts at the exact same time, and you're not spending all that time waiting. Hmm. So, so I th- wait, how does that work? Can you explain that a little bit? Um, so you have uh, X amount of actions. you got 10 actions. And each action has a priority in like the way they work. So like action one is aimed attack. So that's always the first action that happens. Action two is move. Action three is blah, blah, blah. So oh, on and okay. so forth. So they each have a, action they- point... Or each action has a set amount of action points to it, and each character can do a certain amount of oh, okay. actions. Yeah, yeah. So you, every turn, you get a currency worth of action points, which you spend yeah. to play these actions down. Mm-hmm. Now, you might play an action that happens in a specific initiative value that is higher than mine. So say you and I are facing off against each other, and you put down your first action is aimed attack, right? Where So you get that before I get to do my action. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like... The so, way it works is, yeah, like, everyone are, at the same time chooses their act, their actions secretly, and then you flip your cards over. Oh, it's cards. Yeah. yeah. Oh. You play your cards, which would, like, the amount of, because each card has the action point value. Yeah. Right? So you need to get 
you need to be able to, you have a certain amount to spend and you can't exceed that mm. yeah. right so you're oh, yeah. limited in the number of actions you can take yeah and the neat thing too about that it's like it's not just like i move i cast my spell and then the other person like it doesn't matter what i did he's probably going to do the exact same thing with this like you don't know what the other person's doing and mm. you kind of have to think like oh shit is this guy going to move is he going to dodge like what is he going to mm. do but we're going to put it like we haven't set like an actual time but there will be kind of like a time to it to mm. choose your action so there will be kind of that think quick i like that though yeah I like, that. like it's not gonna be like you got five seconds you're like oh shit right you know right. but like there'll be some amount of time and if you don't choose your actions at the end of that you don't get actions yeah, yeah. i like that though because it makes right? sense it's- yeah it makes sense you hesitate during combat and you don't you don't get to do what yeah. you're going to do and it keeps the game going fast oh yeah because yeah. probably the worst thing we ever have seen in in these games which you briefly mentioned before is that combat takes forever yeah and it, but it's only worth like a fraction of a second right of real time yeah, yeah. where well, this will keep the game going quick and uh yeah like keep everyone involved too at, at the, same the same time, time because commonly what would happen is you know it's mark's turn yeah. and i had just gone like mark's right i have a half hour what am i gonna do i'm gonna ignore what's going on i'm gonna go on my phone i'm yeah. gonna yeah, exactly. read more rules or some books or something yeah. so it removes me from the game yeah. yeah whereas this way i'm constantly involved in the flow yeah because yeah. like you gotta that, yeah. yeah you gotta to be on top of like what action comes when because if you miss it you're not going back. You just lost your action. Yeah, yeah. There's there's no going back yeah. because the game will have changed in that period of time. Yeah. So yeah. I, I actually really like that when when they yeah. came out with that Renegade game. It was fun. Yeah, was we fun. we've played a good number of games with that recently, yeah. and like well, since it came out, and yeah. we've been, I've enjoyed every single one. Yeah, it it usually makes for some interesting games. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so we're gonna try to do something like that, and uh, obviously there's rules that we're going to tweak to make it like the actions are going to make more sense for if we do uh whatever we decide to do yeah, and like knows? and you're not going to have like hit locations either you'll probably just have like, oh no like right. we're going to simplify it but the core mechanic is you have those it's the cards yeah mm-hmm. yeah but that's cool yeah so uh we do basically have all the rules kind of well uh, most if, of them. if not written down then have they have shape in our brains yeah. Um, so if you want to get a link to them, email us, or I could put a link on the Facebook page or something. But if you want to check out our rule oh, system, yeah. oh, you've written it down. Yeah, yeah, well, most of yeah. it's there. Oh. The, like, so we don't have like, what does a bolt gun do? But we have like, ideas of what a bolt gun will do. Yeah. We just haven't written down like the actual. Oh, okay. But the core mechanics of the game are there. So yeah, if you're interested in looking, using it, feel free. Or if you want to add to it, we're open to suggestions to help make it better. Yeah, we know we're not like, we not we're not game creators. No, no. So. And yeah, when making the game, we're thinking what's going to be the most fun for pl- players. It's not necessarily what's going to be the most, most realistic. Or, or, or realistic. It's yeah. going to be what's going to be the most fun. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, I think that's we talked quite a while about RPGs. <laughs> Holy smokes, yeah. I don't know, it's like, and honestly, I could talk more. I know, I, I could have too, but... It's so, yeah. it's so fun, though, like, I don't know. So I'm we, definitely more into it than I am into tabletop. Yeah, yeah, tabletop's a different beast, for sure. Yeah. I don't know, I like tabletop, uh, just on the topic of tabletop. Yeah. I'm currently in the process of building an army list for Great Knights. Mm-hmm. And that's fun. Yeah, yeah. So, uh... What did we add up the cost of your army to be? Uh, exactly 1500 
No, 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 no. The, uh, oh, the price. The price. Uh, like 480 bucks or something. So that oh. was the best moment. Because Eric was all gung-ho. He's like, yeah, Mark, check out this list. I'm like, I don't know about 8th, but yeah, this looks like it'd be fun. Let's add it up. <laughs> and then Eric was instantly like, doo-doo-doo. Oh, it's so expensive. <laughs> yeah. But, for like, for brand new models. Yeah. Especially because like... I have Necron models, not in a complete army, yeah. and I have Gene Stealer models, not in a complete army, yeah. and then to all of a sudden go, and I don't know, I think I've given up on the Black Templar now, mm. but like, and then to go and purchase like, Grey Knights, yeah. it's yeah. like, Eric, focus on one, you fool. <laughs> so what was your Grey Knight army? Uh, so it was a 1500 point army, three Nemesis Dread Knights. Which is sweet looking, and well, yeah, eh, eh. they're okay, I don't know, like, when, when they first came out, I was like, well... They they've grown on me. Like have they? They have a little bit. Just just I like their concept. It's like when you have when you're fighting a twenty foot tall demon, it it's sweet that idea. Yeah, you of like, need that. You have this exosuit that makes yeah. it so you can compete with. It them. just it was weird to me that they they have knights and they have these nemesis dread knights. Well, because they have different they're different functions completely. Like different military branches completely. But that's all I'm like. That's what I mean. Like, why would you need both? Because like one. you don't always have knights around, and you don't always have you definitely don't always have gray knights around. Oh yeah, of like, course. But I but what I was more thinking of like because knights are built for humans. Yeah. So why didn't they just build the exact same model, slightly bigger, for space marines? Because you don't need a space marine in there. Because physical ability has nothing to do with the way a knight works. You could put a paraplegic in a knight, and the knight's still going to work wonderfully, right? That's true. Yeah, but so why make it difficult for the Nemesis Dread Knight? Like, the Nemesis Dread Knight does take physical ability, right? Because yeah. it's very hard to train in. So why would they do that? Like, is a Nemesis Dread Knight better or, or is an Imperial Knight? Imperial Knight is much better. Okay, so why would you make a unit that is harder to use but is worse? Because resources. It's the Grey Knights. They get the best of the best of the best. I see what you're saying. Variety of army. It's a tabletop that's game. What, that's the only reason they do it. But be, because it no, allows for like, <laughs> it allows for good fluff. The, the other thing too is like not everyone has asked access to every STC. Like, it's the Grey Knights. Doesn't matter, man. They're they they the get they literally the get the best. Does what they want. Yeah, like, but, but why don't they just field an army of Titans then? Like, because resources and like, not everyone has Titans and and like an Imperial Knight to like deploy. It's it's a process where. A Grey Knight, Nemesis, Dread Knight. You can teleport it in. It's deployed instantly. You don't need... Well, you could add a teleportation device, or maybe not, depending on the STC. Yeah. And well, okay. They yeah, like, I, I know exactly what you're saying, and I agree, Yeah. but... Yeah, like, I'm not upset no, that, no, that no. they did it. Yeah, but anywho. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, three Nemesis, Dread Knights, and they all have different weapons. Yeah. And then one of those would be the Grandmaster. Yeah. And then... Um, 20 Terminators as yeah. their troop choice. Oh, it just, to me, it's so thematic. It's just like, yeah. when shit hits a fan, this is who you send in. Yeah, yeah. Like, just the hardest of the hard. Yeah, and I've been, I, like, I've been reading through, like, the Grey Knight Codex, and there's such good story yeah. in there. Yeah. Like, there's, uh, my one of my favorites is that there's a skull in, like, their grand, like, hall. Yeah. And in the skull is the soul of a demon that they've trapped <laughs> in this. Because uh, it was like this demon kept coming back. So they... they That's it. We yeah, got enough. Exactly. They <laughs> trap it in, in its own skull. They hang it on their wall. But then it takes like 40 servitors at all time. Not servitors. It takes like 40 people at all times to chant the, like the purification rites wow. and the wards to keep this demon 
in this skull. Because if they, yeah, and they just, they leave it there and it's been there for so long, (laughs) for thousands of years, right? So crazy. It's one way to do it. Yeah, but the cool thing is that this demon is in torment because it has to watch all their, like, successes Mm. and their glories (laughs) as they celebrate them. And it's had to do it forever. So the Grey Knights are really sweet. They're sweet. Yeah. Would you say they're worthy of their own episode, perhaps? Mark, <laughs> you tease. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, the Inquisition and Grey Knights definitely gets their own. Yeah. Of course. Uh, anyways, before we just start rambling on about the Inquisition, yeah. <laughs> we rabbit hole. Anyone else, anything else to say before we wrap it up? No, just uh, excited to get together at 40K RPG. Yeah, it, it'll be pretty fun. It will be. Cool. Um, <clears throat> maybe we'll just plug our... Uh, Oh, heck yeah. Uh, email address, lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. Twitter handle, lorehammer40k. Yep. And our Facebook is simply war, lorehammer. Yeah. And, like, if you if you write us a message, like, we are very quick to respond because we don't do anything else with our lives. <laughs> so, obviously, we always want to hear from you guys. Um, any of your theories... You know, if we did something wrong, hit us up. Yeah. Let us know. Um, Really just... uh, Yeah. And uh, the other thing to mention, too, is... uh, So we have a couple more episodes, basically, to get us through to the end of the year. Then in the new year, send us emails on what what you want us to talk about. We we have tons of ideas. There's tons of topics, but like it's stuff we want to talk about. It's stuff we want to talk about. Right. No yeah. one else wants to hear about your Imperial Knights, Mark. Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they will they hear. Do. But uh, yeah, send us like topic ideas. Like if you really yes. want us to go more into the Mechanicum, like we know tons about it. Yeah, yeah. And we're more than happy to go into it. But it, it's not a priority to me because I care about Black Templar and I yeah. care about Grey Knights and I care about Necron. Yeah. So, so. let us know. And uh, yeah. Rio, thanks for joining us. Yeah, it was fun. We'll fun. have to have you on again sometime for something you're a little more into. <laughs> I, I wish I knew you were really into Eldar. We would have had you for our Eldar episode. I just like all the Xenos. Okay. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Do, you you... Like, do you like Tau at all? Oh, yeah. I okay, really like then we'll the get Tau. you on for a Tau episode. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be coming up pretty quick. Or two or something. Oh, jeez. It is a while. Isn't it, it is. It, it's funny. Oh, man. All, all right. right. See you later, guys. Thanks. Peace out. <laughs>